Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host for this nice uh, day of editing. And so let's move right into our guest that will be joining us for this edition. First off, we've got Adam Vitali. Hey, Adam. Hey. Hey. Welcome again. Second podcast back. Is it still really busy for you? Yeah, it's busy, kind of weird, in between jobs, all that. You know. Yeah. For people who don't know, Adam was... Fit, like finishing up your dissertation you had to put your defense on during e3 and it's still pretty busy for you it sounds like yeah the defense isn't the very last thing you do you know it's kind of like the last major thing you have to kind of get over and then now i'm just kind of trying to wrap everything up and i got to i got to move in a couple months and try to get things you know all squared away so yeah to pull was not the last thing <laughs> it's it's just like college it's like well now i'm done now what do i gotta do uh, where do you think i'm moving to well, it depends if I can get a job somewhere first. Okay. He's moving. He's moving is, to is, Seattle. Is there like a preferable uh, region? Seattle, Washington. No, not really. Okay. Everyone... He's moving to Seattle with a monkey and an accordion, and that's what he's going to do. See, it's it... just be like a street performer. Exactly. Andrew is talking about moving to so- Southern California, and so now everyone in the Shut... entire RPG said family has to move to Southern California. Yeah, finally we can finally start up an office here and make it legit. And yeah. There we go. RPG side offices trademarked i'm sure we can do that and, and the voice you just heard was from josh torres welcome back josh hi i'm still i i don't know just it feels weird to be back here without any major event after e3 and anime expo it's just it feels weird not looking forward to like a big event again yeah it I, feels keep, nice. I, I keep finding that you're spreading lies that you gave up on idols and i think that's a bold-faced lie coming from you <laughs> i'm We'll talk about it later. Fine. We'll, we'll talk about it later. I do want to address this, though. This is an intervention. Oh. I just want to mention this uh, ahead of time. So we've locked the doors. You can't get out. Oh, God. We've got chairs lined up. Sorry. Oh, it's time to let you know I, what's going wrong I, with your life. I was, really wasn't informed about this. I You're not supposed to be. <laughs> That's the point of an intervention. We don't tell you ahead of time. And then finally, we've got Kyle Campbell. Welcome back, Kyle. There. Thanks for having me again. Yes, of course. Always a good time to have you on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, as Josh was mentioning before, last weekend was Anime Expo, 4th of July weekend for us here in the States. And so we spent all four days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh, oh, messing around on that show floor. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, first, I just want to get into what games you guys were playing. And so let me... I lost the sheet for a moment here. Let's just go right into what, uh, Kyle, what you've been playing, because uh, you got into Star Ocean Integrity and Faithlessness, otherwise known as Star Ocean 5. Um, you seem to be having a pretty good experience with that with that game, as uh, on contrary to what other people seem to be remarking with it. So um, how's it been so far? How far have you gotten in that game? Uh, I'm about 12 hours in. Now, disclaimer, I've actually never played a Star Ocean game before. None of them. And this is my first one. And yeah, it it was mostly getting panned. Um, It wasn't, it was like, you know, there were a lot of fives and some sevens. And uh, first of all, I still don't know why people consider seven bad. You know, anything below an eight is terrible in this day and age, apparently. It's because the the scale is all messed up, yeah. Yeah. But the thing about this game is it is... It is a very flawed game. It's very traditional. It's, you know, the story's not exceptional. It's a very, like, trope-heavy, cliched game. And 
I don't really know what it is because, like, whenever I see a really negative opinion of it, I don't disagree necessarily. But there's just something about it that I'm just... It's like JRPG comfort food. It's it's just, like, hitting me all the... What's that? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Dominic. That's a really good phrase, JRPG comfort food. Yeah, it's not, like... It's not, you know, by any means, like... Uh, you know, a Final Fantasy Nine or some, or you know, a Persona Three, something like excellent. You know, sometimes you want to go to the fine dining, and sometimes you want to go to McDonald's. Sometimes McDonald's ain't bad. It's like the but, game that you used to play. This, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Is this the McDonald's with like JRPGs? You're saying? I've heard actually. I've no. I've actually heard that that uh, metaphor used before, but uh, with reference to the Tales series, which is you know kind of similar huh. when, in ways. That is okay. like the comfort food or fast food of, of RPGs or JRPGs. Yeah, like, it's like, like the, I don't want to yeah. say. Sorry, go ahead. I don't want to say it's like it's really not exceptional, but I think some of the reviews are a little probably a little more scathing than they should be. Like some people complain, like oh there there's not enough uh, save points, but like if you've been playing RPGs, like any of us have been playing RPGs as long as we have, it's gonna it's gonna feel natural. Like there's a save point at the start of a zone, at the end of a zone, but I find that the combat is something that just really elevates it. Like it, like it just has this. It's just really exciting to get into a fight with like you know nine party members. And just see like the chaos unfold, and you're switching, and it's really fun. Especially if you get into a good boss fight. Some people don't like the chaos of it because there's a lot of like big particle effects, and you can sometimes get a little lost in it. But I enjoy that about it. Does it does and, it well, hold up? Like, frame I have rate a, I, oh. yeah. Go ahead. Does oh. what's hold up? Sorry, the frame rate. Does it hold up in that type of environment? I I haven't had it actually happen to me in combat, but I've noticed just like randomly in the world, the frame rate dips. And this is actually a pretty good looking game. I don't know how if it looks like significantly better than the PS3 game or PS3 version, which isn't in North America or anywhere outside Japan, I think. But just randomly throughout the world, sometimes, you know, I'll find myself stopping and just like admiring the sunset. Like there's there's not like super detailed texture work but the game has a very nice lighting engine the character models are all really good it looks super crisp and clean but the frame rate does just dot, drop sometimes and i'm like you know yeah this re- this doesn't look like something that should be stressing the ps4 <laughs> but but who knows what the what the deal was there cuz there's there's not it's not like you know like the witcher 3 or something where there's lots of like foliage blowing around all the time the environments are a little sparse in like that regard like it's just like a flat plane with some hills and it's kind of some of the design, like how the levels are laid out. I can see why some people might get annoyed with. Like, yeah, actually, this is something I kind of wanted to ask. So, mm-hmm. um, I Star Ocean three and Star Ocean four, um, both of them, I kind of they're, they're these are the kind of things I like about these later entries in the Star Ocean series. Um, there are dungeon areas, or you know you know, dungeon locales that are pretty long. Like some, I know in both of those games are areas that might take, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours to get through them from start to finish. And there are some of the longer dungeons in, you know, the genre. And I actually kind of appreciate that. You know, I know some people might think it's, you know, tedious or annoying, but I, that's just one thing I kind of appreciated. And also I, you may not be far enough to really have seen this or experienced this yet. And I don't know if Star Ocean 5 is similar, but, um, Star Ocean games also tend to have a lot of optional content in terms of quests mm-hmm. or even optional dungeons. Like, you don't have to go to this area at all, but you can if you want and challenge yourself, and usually it's rewarding in some sense. And mm-hmm. also, Star Ocean 3 and Star Ocean 4 also have some level of nonlinearity where if you're on a 
part of the world map, you're supposed to go east, but if you decide to go west, you can enter a new area that you really don't have to go to yet for story reasons, but you can if you want. And, and usually, again, it's usually um, higher level enemies and you know a little bit more challenging. And that's just kind of a couple of things about the Star Ocean series, the later games specifically, that I like. Does Star Ocean 5 seem to have any sort of that, either nonlinearity or optional you know, content, large dungeons, things like that? I'm not sure if I'm far enough to see a lot yeah, of that. Yeah, you said you're only 12 hours, but... Yeah, like it's not a super long game either by any means, yeah. but like the zones are quite large. Nothing like it takes an hour to get across, nothing like that. But they... It takes some time to get across, especially like I'm some one of those people that like... Because this isn't, you know, there's no random encounters. You actually have to go up to the mobs to initiate a battle. Like, whenever I yeah. see them, I have to go up and attack. It's just, like, instinctual. I don't know why I do it. But Experience. no matter how far away. Yeah, exactly, right? And I like the combat. But there is there is a lot of side quest stuff already for me. Like, there's the bullet. Like, I don't know if they have bulletin boards in 3 and 4. But in this game, they have bulletin boards where you can just pick up side quests. And there might be something really simple. Like, oh, this monster drops, you know these berries go kill it until you get the berries and i i noticed on some of the side quests like that like that exact one i have one where it's like go kill these monsters and they will drop these items that you need and everything i i grinded them out for like an hour and i didn't get anything <laughs> like it's really low like rmg was just screwing me up i don't think I got, three uh, had that but i think four did i've got two questions about star ocean five uh, one a more uh, on a more little technical level, I've heard of even back to the Japanese version. How's like the the camera sway for you, like the automatic camera sway, like when it like go like just randomly like moves up and down like in between elevation wise. I it hasn't bothered me at all. I've noticed okay. it, but uh, I don't know. It just really hasn't bothered me. I don't know what else to say about I, it. I, I know. I, saw, I know. I saw some people like the recommendation was. In battle, well, first of all, battles are seamless now, right? Right. They just go right from walking to into fights. Yeah, so yeah. Th th that's actually something that is new to Star Ocean. It's kind of adapted from another Trice game, Infinite Undiscovery. It's actually the same director, I think, for Star Ocean Five. Um, but one thing I heard about the camera's recommendation is like pulling it back all the way to kind of give you the widest view. Seems to work for some people, but yeah, I have heard some people uh, complaining about camera issues yeah like even when aaron was like starting it off for, for us like when she was starting off star ocean 5 like she felt sick like at the when she first started it like after playing it for several really? hours yeah she she felt yeah, sick she mentioned that um I, admittedly i'm i it's really uncommon for me to get like motion sickness like i didn't even yeah. get it in like bohemia's games and they're infamous for it mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the, the second question i had is how is uh like the the character dynamic because a lot of people like i, I don't know out of much about the cast but how is there like they're building the relationships between each other does it seem like dynamic worse? does it seem uh, interesting to you that's something um that's something i would say first of all i just, just like edit this out but it, if you suddenly hear thunder i'm sorry i'll mute my mic if it comes up there's a lightning storm outside but anyways let me start again so one problem I do have with regards to character building and the cast and everything is actually how a lot of the development is played out. Like, it, there's actually very few cutscenes in this game. I've heard that there's some really long ones, like 30-minute ones, but I have not encountered them yet. But a lot of the dialogue, like it's like the mixing of the game is messed up. So, like, you'll be running across a field and, like, Fiore 
or someone is is talking to you about something or they're they're you know it's just party banter but it might be an important part of the story but then suddenly a fight comes up and the music and the sound of battle is like clashing and the people are still talking like there's subtitles but the, the sound mixing is awful that's one like legit complaint i have so it's like oh we have to go exactly here and then suddenly a fight starts like it's not random battle, but like you turn a corner and there's a bunch of mobs. Yeah, and yeah. and and it's really it's really sloppy. Like, so do you do you find yourself having to like like when that dialogue starts playing, you have to like stand there for a bit? And yeah, yeah. Do out? the like you stop and let them talk thing. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. well, the worst is like someone will be talking. One of the members of the cast will be talking, and then they'll be hearing their party or like their battle speak at the same time. So they're literally talking oh, over themselves. Shit. That's yeah. weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like it, it's like automatic stuff that's supposed to happen during battle. And there's a lot of like, I actually think the voice acting, I don't think the story is very good in this game, but the voice acting is actually really, really good. Um, very, really like solid performances from everyone, um, everyone in the cast involved. But yeah, that, that, that would be my big complaint out of what I've played is the mixing. And like, like you asked about development, like character development, and everything is so much of that that comes from the party banter. So like there's been times where I've missed things because you know, I dared to enter a fight while it was happening. Right. Well, and, and it's, it seems like they made a conscious decision to, like, we don't want excessive cutscenes, so let's instead have dialogue happen during gameplay. Let's 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 send them together, and then they kind of just, you know, well, what? Yeah, they have to consider what do you do in a battle, and I guess it just they didn't, or it didn't seem like they. Do you, do you <laughs> they think it would have been a better well. like? Uh, do you think it would have been a better idea to like go the way of like how Tails do it, like through their skits? Do you think that would have worked? I think it would have been better if they just just straight up had small cutscenes, like if you're entering a zone or something. Because I haven't played out Tails. Oh, Tails is like they have the two portraits come up, right? right. Yeah, multiple. Portraits. Like you literally press a button, and then like everything else in the game stops, and it's just kind of a little dialogue scene with portraits and you know they have animation sometimes and things like that i so, mean you gotta so, remember like try except on 13.2 and lightning returns and they had banter like that out in the field and so i wonder if like they took some ideas from that that that'd be a good way to do storytelling because i almost was, wonder yeah. I, for me i what i wish that they had done is that when it's an important because sometimes it's just like like little conversations are fun and they're actually not that relevant to the plot plot but the the characters are interacting but i almost feel like when that stuff comes up like maybe it would be a lazy way of doing it if like the rest of the game volume kind of lowered down you know what i mean and that took priority in the mixing because yeah it's so easy to just get lost like even just with the music um one as far as how the plot is delivered out is like it's a little i don't know if sloppy is the right word but it's a little they could have done it better, let me put it this way, because you'll do something where it's like, we have to go to this far-off continent. And I'm like, okay, let's go on this adventure. So you go through a zone or two, and they're very big. It might take you an hour to get there, and then there's like a minute of like expository dialogue and character action, and then they're like, okay, go all the way back to where you were before. I'm like, oh, like oh, okay. that, seems, that seems like you could and have it, played that out a little better. And there's no like, fast travel or anything? No, not that, I, not that I've seen yet. Like, it doesn't bother me too much because I do really love like just like fighting things in this game. But one thing I will say about the combat is it feels like the moves, it feels like your stronger attacks, at least at the beginning, don't use enough MP oh, or mana. This because... is actually, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you here because this is mm-hmm. like my biggest criticism of Star Ocean 3 and 4 and it sounds like it comes back. Well, it so... sounds like, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, basically, 
Star Ocean 3 and 4, you get to a point, not even that far into the game, where uh, your special skills are way more powerful than your normal attacks, and they you basically have more MP or HP or whatever they cost than you know what to do with, or it's easily replenished. So basically, you end up just spamming skills all the time. Like that press, exact oh, thing oh, happens oh, in press this. O, press o. I yep. remember. I remember in Star Ocean Three, playing as Fate, you just do sidekick, 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 sidekick. That's one of his attacks over and over again in Star Ocean it Four. Was, it was attack. It was a top tier attack right there. Yeah, and then Star Ocean Four, <laughs> there's a character who had a skill called Dragon Roar, which shows up in all the games, and you just do Dragon Roar, Dragon Roar, Dragon Roar. Yeah. You just do it over and over and over again. And the thing is, it's it's viable. It's effective. It's there's really no reason not to do it, but it's also just kind of boring you like you don't yeah. have to do it but it's it's it's, it's, it's poorly it's poorly balanced and that's back in this one like especially fiore she just wrecks everything like if i switch to her and i just hit like the, the circle she's just like spent like doing like you're not aoe's but attacks that have a big wide radius and just destroys everything um some of the, i've heard some of the bosses later on are very very difficult and push you but it does sound like there's a. uh, uh it sounds like, at least from what I've what I've played or what I've heard, because I'm not far enough, that there's the difficulty isn't everything's not balanced. Like the core mechanics aren't balanced enough. Because I'm thinking, well, if I'm going to use this really powerful attack, it should use a, a significant amount of uh, mana, but it doesn't. And you got lots of of items to replenish your mana. Uh, staying in an inn costs like nothing at all. It's like 300 gold, but you get three like like 100, you know, a thousand gold sometimes from fights. Like it's it's. A lot of those systems, I think, could be better. Even though I like the combat, all they would have to do is a little bit of tweaking to the core mechanics and how resources are managed, and it would be a much better game for it. Because there, it it gets to a point sometimes when you're fighting that it's just like you're just face rolling. It's really easy. Yeah, and that's that sounds like it's similar to the other games. And I, I want to go back a little bit. Um, so there's a, a common staple to the series is private action. Um, it's a little bit different in each game. Did, have you have? I don't know if they actually call them private actions in the game. Do you know what those are? You know what I'm talking is about. It, is that when you're in a town and it gives you an opportunity to let your group split up and you go and talk to them? Yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah, they have that in this. Yeah. So, in in the first two Star Oceans, it's, it's exactly that. You split up and you can kind of just um, chat with your other your other party members, and it's totally optional. And then it can affect endings and things. It was a little bit different in like Star Ocean Four, where it like took place in between like trips, like space on this on the spaceship. But yeah, you were talking about just party like re- uh, relationships and things like that. So I was wondering, like, are these private actions like extra cutscenes, or are they just kind of just some dialogue here and there? Maybe they maybe they ramp up later, but so far it has been okay. Here's the time you can do a private action, and you can usually only go up to like one or two of your whole party. And then say something to them, and then you have like a like a thirty second exchange, and then it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a cutscene. It's just like, yeah, here we are. This is what we're doing. Okay, bye. Have you have you, have you seen the infamous Star Ocean Four nappy time <laughs> video? <laughs> I think that's that a sounds... private action between Edge and Limel. So like Star Ocean Four, I don't think they were all cutscenes, but there were a number of them that were just like, like they had nothing to do with the story or anything. They were just you know a cutscene between characters and sometimes there was a choice to pick to make that would affect their affection levels in the ending and things like that. So I was just curious. But yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's a very 
it's a it, it's a pretty flawed game, and I don't think that the more critical reviews are wrong at all. I I like it despite all that because again, it's just like JRPG comfort food. It's just like I can just go off and have an adventure with these like you know anime characters, and yeah, I like it. All right. I, I wait. Uh, one, one final thing from me: they don't have they didn't bring that mechanic from Star Wars and Three where like you can get you can be killed if like you deplete completely deplete your MP, right? <laughs> uh, not that I know of, no. Okay. Uh, right. Star Wars 3 was... is pretty infamous for that. You ran out of MP. I, I love that. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> you loved it. That was awful. I really liked it. No, because it like there were bosses that had like really really large HP pools, but like low MP pools, so you had to kill them through that. And that, that was actually like, oh okay, I have to like think about uh, risk uh, risking my resources to take out their resources first. To me, that's as bad as when the main character in your party dies. The whole team is done. That's that's just as bad in my opinion. I hated it. I think I like it. It's it's just you know, kind of the execution wasn't all there, but like the concept of it was okay. Like it, their hearts were were in the right place in my <laughs> the opinion. Concept, it's, 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 especially because like, like, like there were some skills that were like there were some skills that were like like made to be like mp damaging skills and like mm. you know you could like incorporate that sort of that sort of uh like strategy if you wanted because you would because some skills you would have to sacrifice your hp to do mp damage to them mm-hmm. i don't know i just I should say but what's up i should say that i've heard despite what i said about the combat and whatnot is i've heard that the end game really makes that stuff shine and is a lot better but i'm not there yet obviously. star ocean games have usually have lots of post-game content usually you have like a trial maze trial of tribulations or a seraphic gate um or you know these the tri post-game dungeons are can be kind of crazy and nuts so sometimes sometimes those are more fun in the main game yeah <laughs> have to see about that so yeah you said you're you about know, 12 hours fighting. in oh sorry mm-hmm. i was gonna say like then you have like common super bosses are gabriel celeste and the ethereal queen and they show up in all the Tri-Ace games. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to spoil something. I'm like, we don't need to talk about it right now. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, give us word about how things go when you actually get around to beating that game. Uh, cool. Based on the review, it doesn't seem it's that long. But that's kind of beneficial to people who don't have the crazy open schedules like we used to. Spending a whole summer playing one RPG and just sitting in a new room playing all day with some snacks. That's when you said about comfort food. That's the first thing I thought of like back in like grade school being able to do something like that i don't take any i don't take any issue with this game being 25 hours or short you know yeah exactly south park was great and it was like 10 hours so i'm okay yeah yeah yeah, there's a lot of you know this whole idea that especially these days that there's a lot of rpg that need to be like 60 to 80 hours like Uh, i straight up like can't do that sometimes no it, it burns you out i mean for us who review it we might be playing a game like pretty like a multiple hours straight but outside of that like it took me a long time to play and beat The Witcher 3, which I did recently. I don't know if I mentioned that on the last podcast, but I beat yeah. it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, But that took a lot of work and a lot of effort and um, a, like a, a little narrow focus on trying to get through because it's there's so much stuff to do that you just get lost and you don't remember what the main story thread was, that kind of thing. So it's all about the balance, and I think that having an RPG be 20 hours. And that's how RPGs used to be. Chrono Trigger, you know, and Secret of Mana. You can beat that game in like 20 mm-hmm. hours. It's all about, you know, perception. Yeah, the, the, fir- the first two Star Oceans are like less than 20, or yeah, around 20. totally. Yeah. That you could beat them around that much time. And then three went off the track, you know. <laughs> you were playing that game to the end of time. That's yeah. pretty much yep. how it works. Um, yeah, Star Ocean 5, we've got a view up on the site. Um, 
I'm sorry, who was it? Aaron who yeah, Aaron who reviewed and, Andrea. Andrea reviewed. Andrea, excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, and I, her, her her comments basically were similar to Kyle's. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it seems like it's it's. But at the same time, you know, it's not like people were like jumping on a bandwagon. Everyone posted the reviews when the embargo went up, so it's like people had you know their issues with that, and I can respect that. So um, mm-hmm. I love to play it still. All right, great. So now, um, Josh, actually, uh, Adam, didn't, you should probably l- let us know what you play. But uh, Josh first uh, says here, oh, of course, um, you've been playing some Grand Kingdom that you'll hopefully have something for us soon. But how's that been going for you? Yeah, Grand Kingdom. I've I've been bouncing between like uh, the between Grand Kingdom and recently released on Steam uh, Inside. So I'll go to Grand Kingdom first, and then everything else that uh, I've been playing. So Grand Kingdom, I. Uh, basically played... I'm not too far into it yet. I have several hours into it. I sure. want to say about five hours into it. It's a really neat, interesting game uh, that kind of reminds me a little bit of Valkyria and a little bit of um, Grand Knight's history, uh, but that never got an official yeah, localization. Yeah, it's like the game that no really remembers. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to explain it like not in the Grand Knight's history style, but it is important to note that this from... Uh, the director of Grand Knight's history. So a lot of it harkens back to that, but a lot more refined. So Grand Kingdom is about this uh, whole warring nations uh, type deal. You're in charge of this mercenary group. Uh, you can have different classes uh, and up to four people inside that group. Um, and you can make different squads out of them. Because how the battle works in this game is you select a quest, and then when you select the quest, there's several objectives, either like clear out all these designated marks or uh, get to this uh, certain spot in a certain number of turns. And the overhead map in these quests uh, is presented a little bit like a, a chess piece, like you're a little chess piece, and then there are other enemy pieces on this kind of like board uh, of the world. So you're moving uh, step by step uh, like through this grid uh, towards that destination or you know, wandering around. And every time you make a move, it consumes a move. Sometimes there will be certain events on that map that like you lose moves or whatnot because there are several events that can happen as you move around, such as like dismantling a trap could uh, you know, take a certain amount of moves or you have to backtrack because you took it the wrong way because let's say like a, a bridge that was supposed to be there was knocked down. It's not there anymore, so you have to go back a few moves uh, to get on the right track. Now, and I the, was watching Zach play the demo a while back. Mm-hmm. And, like, are your moves, like, limited in any regard? In there is, of... there, yeah, there is a fail state. Uh, I mean, that is a fail, like, of, like, prerequisite. An objective is you have objective, to complete yeah. it within so many the turns or moves. Okay. Exactly. So if you run, run out of moves, you would fail the quest, fail the mission. So it, it, right now, it's not, it's been, it hasn't been that difficult to, like, finish the objectives in a certain amount of moves you there it's not like if you make two or three bad moves you like screw up the whole mission it's fairly gracious in that regard um but when you encounter an enemy on the field you'll go into this uh what's about what's the best way to uh describe this it's, it's difficult to it does it goes it takes this on a horizontal plane and then there's three lanes on that horizontal plane and then uh, of course, you can set up your formation uh, beforehand when going into this battle. And you basically run up uh, to enemies and attack them. But that's it's kind of like Valkyria in that, in that 2D state. So when you move back and forth, it, you'll consume a bar at the bottom 
much like in Valkyria, where it would. And that you can it. only move so far. Yes, you have exactly. To make, a, make an action. Yeah. Yeah, but the difference with this is if you, I forgot how it was in Valkyria, but if you move backwards in this, it'll still consume that bar on Valkyria. I think it'll, you'll regain that bar if you move backwards. I uh, think. No, I think it I still think, consumes it no matter what. Yeah, I think Valkyria, I think Valkyria you, you could like yeah. cancel a, a turn and go back, but you couldn't like. Oh, yeah, you, know, you could you could yeah, like, undo yeah, what you did. Yeah, it's okay. just like a regular oh, yeah. tactical RPG or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a similar thing here. You can undo anything that you put out, uh, put forth as, as long as you didn't take an action yet. And the neat thing about this did is you? that when you... <laughs> Sorry, I just, I'm just trying to remember. Like, I don't think you actually did because I remember like running to a place and then running backwards. I think I consumed it anyway. Anyway, yeah. keep going. Yeah. Um, so when you go up to an enemy, you can uh, press a button to start attacking. And that uh, brings up a separate action gauge that dictates, like you know, how many attacks you can put forth in that, um, like attack phase. And then there's actually like a... a timing element to it, right? You actually yeah. have to like, hit a button that... with like a certain rhythm to actually like do the most damage. Yes, it's, uh, those are called just cancels. So let's say I'm playing the spider. He's a swordsman. I go up to this enemy and uh, I, I press circle to do it and then he slashes once and then there's the there's still the circle button on there and when that lights up you have to press it at that time to do a just cancel so it'll uh immediately cancel the animation of that previous move into the next one and deals bonus damage and then there's a lot of things to consider here as well because how far you can like launch an enemy uh depends on like their uh class and their they're sort of like a hidden weight system behind uh, each enemy that you can uh sort of anticipate if your attacks will land or not. Like, say you're going against the rogues or thieves. The, those launch really high. So if you have a, a move that you've mapped to that kind of attacks immediately, you might hit, uh, miss that first hit because they, they launch so high up. Opposed to, like, if you launch, like, an enemy fighter that's, like, a, like a knight in armor, that's, like, of course, the gravity's uh, influence on them will be much more severe. So you might get in that additional hit. Yeah, so uh, I, I remember this when I was watching Zach play. Like, if you're like, you can actually, some classes, like, you can actually kind of like almost juggle an enemy for a while. And yeah. Depending on how light they are, that it's going to affect the timing of when you actually should swing to hit them. So, yeah. Kind of have so, to consider it. That's pretty much like uh, the like the basic of basics in the melee. Um, there are separate like attack mechanics for like range classes. Like, for example, if you have a, a an archer, he'll shoot up in the air and then, uh, in the designated uh, lane that you uh, shot to, it'll have like a reticle uh, that scrolls by beneath it, and then you have to make sure to um, hit that reticle, uh, like the fire key, as like the reticle is beneath an enemy. But then, how you hit an enemy also affects like which way they they bounce to. So, for example, if you hit them in the uh, in the front, they'll bounce backwards. Of course, in the back, they'll hit forward. So you have kind of have to make like minute adjustments depending on how you um, hit them. So you have so to get like a perfect juggle down from them requires quite a bit of like minute um, adjustments to like fly. Where yeah. you fire. So you, there's a lot of anticipation to it. And then um, same thing with the like if you have like a witch who casts a fire spell and like the fire comes up from the ground. Same thing. Except that when spells come up from the ground, opposed from the arrows in the air, they're much more severe on where they bounce to. So it's possible to say if you're trying to get someone like the edge of a attack radius of a spell, that they can be hit out of it because you didn't knock them forward. Yeah, uh, yeah. To, to be in that zone. It's it's a lot. It's a crazy. 
it's a, a crazy strategical game. Just and also, and also, there's things like some spells require some charge up time, but not all spells, right? Yeah. And like, then also, there's there is friendly fire. So oh yes. You can't, you can't just willy nilly like do all these attacks anywhere. You kind of have to be careful of where your your guys are situated. So. Yeah, so that like the for example the the medic class that you uh, first uh, recruit is kind of infamous for this, uh, this friendly fire thing because uh, the way they attack is they throw like an like an acid bag or a poison bag or some sort of like projectile uh, that has like conflict like a poison bottle things. yeah mm-hmm. to enemies. So they it shows like an arc when you uh, like her throwing arc, but it's kind of deceiving because it's such a low. It's, she throws it way lower than what the arc represents. So if you trust this arc to like say throw it over uh, a friendly yeah, person, yeah. yeah, chances are if they're not like ducking real low, like very low to the ground, then it'll probably hit them. So you'll <laughs> the, the, yeah. uh, the very the very first like battle I went into, I friendly fired a, uh, one of my own because I I trusted that arc and it's like oh you got a back attack and yeah. I'm pretty sure Zach did that too in the demo. Yeah, I did a number yeah. of times actually because it's it's hard to miss them, but you just hope they don't get hurt that much. That's all. Yeah, and then the, there's also external influences too because you can raise up your own props and the enemy can do so too. Uh, say you can have like a barrel or, or like a rock or a flag that can inflict like some sort of like more uh, some buff in battle while you can use like the barrel or like a rock to place like obstacles between you and your opponent uh, kind of cutting off their mobility. There's also like uh, several skills that do this like thieves or rogues uh, have this needle trap ability that like you can place uh, throw inside their lane and they have to go around it or risk you know obviously getting hurt. There's also uh external influences in battle like say if you go into battle with an enemy unit of all there's like an enemy catapult in range uh after a turn there's a designated spot that that catapult will always fire at so if anyone's in there they're gonna get hurt real bad like Bakira chronicles <laughs> just yep. like that in the there's sense. also <laughs> there's also another mechanic of like finishing off an opponent where you get like just when you're like just a hit away from like uh, defeating an opponent, there's an assist mechanic that like will randomly pop up in which like one of your uh, enemy units will step in immediately and like finish them off. Wasn't so, there? Isn't there a thing that's also cool. that's kind of like like and like an overkill damage? Like if you keep doing damage past depleting their health bar, you get some sort of bonus. Or did I make that up? I'm I'm not sure. I don't think I thought, so. I thought I remember might, there was something right. on Zach when I was watching Zach. Like if you do overkill type damage, you get like some sort of like bars or or icons are stilling up or something. I don't know. I might be. I might be. Sure. I'll, I'll have to look at that. I do remember overkills. I just don't remember like if it was just a bonus at the end of the uh, the round or something like that, or at the end of the game. So the fight. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I I really 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 dig the combat system in this game. It's probably the best thing about it um, so far. As for like the actual characters and plot, um, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of super basic at the moment. You have you're basically the leader of this mercenary group that like. Uh, is like hired for contracts uh, between these four nations. These four nations have all their own different outlooks on politics and how a, a ruler should rule. One is for prosperity, one is for power, one is like for tranquility, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's also, I haven't dabbled into this too much yet, but there's also some sort of like online mechanic. I don't think it's uh, real time. You basically upload the data of like your mercenaries uh, and then you can like fight the ghosts of, of other those, people's uploads, yeah, yeah. yeah, other people's parties. I need to go dig into that a little bit more. But then there's also just a wealth of like mechanics as on the uh, get-go, like uh, you know, obviously equipping your party with uh, 
their own weapons uh, and armor. And yeah, you I have can, a like, question slot in. that. Um, mm-hmm. So in battle, you have four characters, right? Right. But in to- I know I know there maybe not all the classes are unlocked right away, but there's like twelve or sixteen classes, right? I don't know the final number. I want to say seventeen, but I, I like maybe it's. Outside. I think it's like sixteen plus like there was a bonus noble or no. There, I think maybe it was like twelve original plus four DLC and then plus like another extra. Which right, I, I remember we got that for free. Uh, yeah, like it was an extra in the Japanese version, but we just got it included. Um, but I, yeah, I like, I, like what I was gonna ask was like you have four people in your party but like can you have like other classes like sitting in reserve and you just swap them out like while you're on a map or do you have to like choose the four you want to go with as you go onto a map and that's you're stuck with them from beginning to the end of the level or you know i'm just yeah um i i believe that whatever party you choose for a quest that's that's it until the uh, end of that quest there's no swapping out for another group so how my approach to this so far is i just barely made my second group uh and that uh, group is actually pretty cool. It's a, a lancer, a Valkyrie, and a, a dragon mage. And since this dragon mage is like is huge, like it, this is literally like a person, like riding on a dragon, and then does a lot of freaking damage. But as the, you have to sacrifice like an extra slot uh, or the fourth slot on your team to fit this in your group. So that group only has three party members. So I've been treating it as I have this main party with like a basic fighter, rogue, um, medic, and witch. Mage. Yeah, yeah, that they're going through uh, the main story quests while I have this other group uh, handle quests, side quests, so to keep them all in line with each other, like level wise. And I, there hasn't been like a a way to swap them out mid quest, so yeah. it's definitely you have to be committed to one or the other in that regard. But yeah, I just when looking at this game, like I, I'm really interested in it. I haven't played it or even bought it yet. But, uh, like, it has kind of, like, that more macro-level, like, strategy when you're on, like, the board game and also your party setup and things like that. And then it has the more micro-level strategy when you're actually in combat with your lanes and how to use your characters and then the the areas of effect skills and the button timing and things like that. So it seems like there's just all these different kind of elements of the gameplay that kind of all mesh together here. And it just seems like it could be really cool if, it, if it's done well. And, it, you know, so it's, I'm really interested in trying it out. Yeah, for sure. I it's definitely a nice breath of fresh air. Like this is so unlike any other game I've played recently. And it it seems fairly well thought out just on the uh, on the get-go. Just from from the way that how you approach each encounter could be completely different from how you approach another encounter because it all depends on anticipating what your enemy can and can't do. If they if they're obviously more like arcanus are on the on the team you want to get up close real fast as opposed to if they're like more heavier units you can kind of hand, hang back a little bit and uh have your pick them uh, off as they come to you exactly you just guard there because when you guard uh in this game there's like a separate guard meter so yeah they have to get through your guard first before they can actually touch your health pool so you're making it more of a battle of attrition in that case it's it's a really really interesting game I think it's been and, reviewing pretty well. It doesn't and, have like a ton of reviews out there, but I think you know it's gotten some good scores. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, definitely gonna see how that all pans out. I'll be reviewing it for the site. It's just been I've been very busy this past yeah, few e- weeks. E- so. E3 and Anime Expo back to back, and yeah, uh, zero time dilemma in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's not, that's about all I have for Grand Kingdom. Unless you have you guys have any questions on it. No, I, I personally I have yet to get to it either, but I've had a lot of stuff on my plate as well. But I'd love to start playing it just because I had such a great time with that beta. And then there's also that whole online mode 
I'd like to see where things are at with that. You mentioned before there's not many reviews. I hope there's enough players to keep that thing going because it seemed really dependent on that for keeping it going for the tug of war war factions. There might be. There, there's also like this uh, like daily login bonus thing. So every time yeah. you do that like, game, you can. <laughs> They're, they're, they're like just like in, uh, how in mobile games go, like you have to go check back in, and we'll give you like this little stamper thing, and then but to get to this many days of like uh, consecutively logging into this game, you'll get an item eventually. So I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. As, as long as it doesn't have a stamina system, I'm perfectly fine with that. Because <laughs> oh it encourages you playing more and more, which is fine by me if it's a good game, which it sounds yeah. like it. And so you, you go ahead. Yeah, I've also been playing Inside, and that mm-hmm. released on the Xbox One last week and barely on Steam just this past few days. Yeah, um, I've played it for about maybe two hours now. I'm probably almost till the end of the game. But it's, yeah, I heard it's like around like maybe five or six hours. This Not is from a long the, game, this but is just from like the Limbo devs, right? Yeah, yep, this yep. from Play Dead, uh, from the Limbo devs, and that has been a really interesting experience. I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything Please don't. here for anyone who <laughs> really want to play that game. <laughs> I've yeah. heard I've heard two things. I've heard one person say that they thought the game was okay until they got to the end and then they thought it was amazing and heard another person say they thought the game was pretty good and then they got to the end and they thought it was terrible so it's like okay there what? must be something that happens at the end of this game that some people either really really like or really really don't i'm interested to see what, what people are talking about there but just i'm from where i'm at right now it's it's very subtly like brilliant to me because all the little things that happen in it how the physics interact with each other and how the atmosphere is sh- uh, shifted behind the scenes on that is actually really cool. Like there'll be a lot of like neat sound design tweaks. Like say there's like this really intense situation happening, and then you see you hear like a, a subtle heartbeat. Like just it's not even mentioned or anything at all. There's a, there's a very muted game. There's like no really sense of words when you're when you first boot up the game. Like not even the menu pops up. You have you only see the menu when you like pause. You just you're dropped down into this area and then it doesn't give you like any to sort of like tutorials up front. It's more of contextualized. It's like, okay, this thing is happening right now with the controls that you know what to do because uh, what can you do with that? Like how will I need to like pull this object over here to get over this? And like this thing is chasing you. How do you outmaneuver it? So you know that it travels slower on this sort of terrain opposed to this terrain and none of this is actually mentioned it's just like it's through observation and then there's also a lot of yeah Yeah, there's also (laughs) yep and there's also like uh, little neat mechanics behind the scenes like it's it's hard to explain like how the perspective this game because it's kind of quote-unquote 2.5d but there's not actually like lane switching like say little big planet uh for your character itself there's more mechanics that you manipulate in the background from the foreground does yeah, that make sense? It's like yeah, Shadow Complex in a way. I remember that. Yeah, Shadow uh, Complex did that. Yeah. So, I think Limbo did that as well. I mean, because like, things are moving around. But yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah. So the the thing that I really uh, appreciate in this game, it's like it's not so outlandish, like out frontish, outlandishly violent like in Limbo was. Because you remember when how that little kid in Limbo died? Just, yeah. <laughs> Spiders and spikes and just dying all sorts of horrible deaths. Yeah, it's it's not so much in this game. The, this, the character that you're playing does, like, if you do die in it, it's still not as gruesome as Limbo, but it's still, like, there, there's enough left to your imagination. It's like, oh, shit, that sucks. Yeah, and whatnot. So it's it's not as elongated as Limbo, but it's definitely still has like a similar sort of impact, but not but not so blah about it to you. 
and it, it also helps that like it the there's a lot more obviously color in this even though it's a lot more muted colors it's definitely has a, this oppressive uh, environment uh out to get you and i've actually the, not i've actually have not seen a screenshot or or a video of this game so keep I, it like I, this. I don't know what it yeah. looks like uh, like I, i'm just kind of i'm kind of imagining like limbo but not limbo it's yeah i mean it's limbo without the <laughs> shadow effect it's not it's not is it it's not silhouettes no, no, it's, it's, it's not sexual people. Okay. Yeah, it's actually you can see yeah. people, but it's 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 still stylized in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, of course there's like the just like limbo. There's like these neat little uh, environment of physics puzzles and whatnot, messing with your sense of perception. And then I don't want to. There's it's really hard to talk about this game without saying anything about it. So <laughs> definitely, it's definitely one of those games that I'll let you know. Well, what I think of the ending, I'm not going to say anything about the ending, but I, I'm really interested to see. What people are talking about at the no, end, what happens? R- in this remind game. me, is this on PC? This is on PC and Xbox One at the moment. Okay, okay, and for twenty bucks. Yeah, and I, I think so far, I don't know if it's going to be worth it at the end. I'll, I'll see how the end goes, but right now it's a real solid piece of work. And other than those two games, I've just been going through this because thanks to Anime Expo, I've been trying to catch up on like this summer premiere of anime, and it's been to- hell and back. My friend and I always like to watch most shows at the beginning of the season to see what to give a shot and it's not bad see i make that mistake and then, and then you end I up find out i have like a ton watching, of shows yeah and then you end up watching like 20 shows yeah, yeah. That, yeah. but but there's been a lot of shows that have been really good from the get-go so so it's like that's, uh <laughs> that's the problem and uh, degan rope is going to start here pretty soon too so there's another show two of them two arcs oh i gotta watch that yeah like one like this like in a couple days uh this sunday i think and then the ne- not sunday i'm sorry like uh, very soon, and then another arc in a week. Or am I messing up my days? I forget when they I, actually premiere. I think it's some. I'm, I don't know. It's like both of them, like in sometime in the next week or so, is what I understand it. So I yeah, have, one's I have a, a deep one. dark secret about Danganronpa. I don't want to hear about your weird secrets, but go ahead. I'm not gonna lose. Why? Why would you not play them for a guy who loves those games? Because. Because I haven't, I haven't, haven't had time to get around to you, it. It's on sale right now on Steam, in fact. You can get them both for like 20 bucks a piece. You should really give them a try. I think I, you're both I, for like I 40. I'd like to give them a try one day. You I'd like really to. need a... They, they were really damn good. For a reason. I, I, just, I think it's amusing how like RPG site... We don't have very many 10 out of 10s on the site. Like we have Persona 4 Golden and... What else? Mass, Mass Effect, Effect 2? 2, yeah. And, and then uh, like... David's both. like Duncan Rapa one and two are both ten out of ten. It's like, oh, okay, you yeah, know, really but really it's like totally those. understandable. I mean, those games oh, yeah. are amazing. Yeah. I mean, I I love them for, to death. I mean, for there's what some, they are. Yeah, I there's some I issues. Yeah, when, oh. Sorry, go ahead. We're all talking over each other. What's up? It's okay. When I reviewed that game for the second game for Rely uh, Rely on Horror, I gave it a ten out of ten. It's the only I've only given two games ten out of ten. That and Bloodborne. Yep. I think I would have given it the same score. Like all I can think of is like maybe Shadow of the Colossus and that. That's like the only ten out of tens. Because like even my favorite games of all time, I can spot the issues and know that it's not a perfect game. But ten out of ten is never supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to be as close as it can be. A much. lot of my favorite games, I usually really really like them because there's like one element that just like trumps all else. Like I really love the combat and yeah, everything else is kind of yeah. Slow. Okay, yeah. But the combat is awesome. Like Xenogear is my favorite RPG, 10, but... but yeah, it's it's like I would not give Xenogear a ten out of ten as much as it's my favorite game of all time because I can spot the issues. But it's because I can't do it to myself. But when someone else gives it, I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see that. That's my problem. I can't like cross that threshold. But I know when other people do it, I try to see it from that perspective. So. Mm-hmm. 
when there's a good gap in video games and it's like, wow, there's nothing really to play, I'll give it a shot. Definitely do not watch the Danganronpa original anime before playing the game because that ruins it. <laughs> like the character <laughs> development is ruined in the anime. So. I heard the anime is not very. I, I don't know anything about Danganronpa, but I know I know the anime doesn't seem to be very well received. The, the first director's one. not that great. Uh, that's the problem with the upcoming anime too. Is like it's the it's that director and he's just not that great. Um, at least it's not Fantastic. A1, but it's not A one. At least those guys, Persona, uh, isn't Kyle that isn't isn't that supposed to. Uh... It's wrap up baby. the story of uh, the two and or one and two. It's yeah. supposed to be a sequel, but at the same time, um, everyone's back, and so it's more like an alternative history kind of thing too. Because that's why yeah, you see like all the, the new, characters. The, the new Danganronpa game, Danganronpa V three. First of all, that thing. still exists, right? Yeah, it's, like, it's, 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 it's a... and then... <laughs> as far as we know, yes. No, and then, like, they've, but they've... that's something else, right? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's totally like not related. Thing. Yeah. It's not related. It's totally different. The arcs that they have is one is a whole new cast of characters. That's just its own thing. And then one's supposed to be um, a kind of a sequel that didn't become a game. So that's that's the whole point of this. That's why they call it Danganronpa 3. It's supposed to be a sequel. They had to put a V3 just so they don't confuse people, but people right. are still confused. So it, <laughs> it didn't help that they had to call it 3 in the first place. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the problem. I mean, all we've got, so they haven't said anything, but that's because they're working on it. So it wasn't even that long ago when that was announced. That was like, what, like a year ago, maybe? Yeah, so, yeah, they announced uh, Danganronpa 3. Oh, no, no, no. I think they uh? teased it like two years ago. <laughs> But they announced the third one announced, last Tokyo. Announced September 16th last year, so not even a year. Yeah. yeah, it's not even a year, and it's like multiple platforms. So I don't. Obviously, they just announced it because they were working on it, but they're probably still heavy in development. I mean, right now they should be. So Spike is a very busy company, though, so they've got plenty of other games to work on. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I haven't started. Speaking of anime, I haven't actually started on any of it. I still have to wrap up Spring. Uh, I wanted to do it before Anime Expo, but I just couldn't. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about, Josh, before I move on, though? Mm, nah, I think that's it okay. for right now. Cool. I mean, other than, as you mentioned, Anime Expo uh, taking up a lot of time and a lot of uh, <laughs> mentality, I've <laughs> been just playing Romance of the Three Kingdoms 13, um, which is a pretty damn good strategy game for the consoles um yeah the last time the last time i played romance three kings was like i one of the earlier ps2 ones i want to say eight or nine they all kind of came out like other than uh 10 or 11 um 11 came out around 2008 i think or 2009 they all came around like the early parts those like then i think 10 was like 2005 Nine was maybe about two thousand four, three. They're all they all kind of like st- stacked up in the early two thousands. So that is yeah. kind of our last experience. Ten was the last one we ever got. We didn't get eleven as far. Actually, old, no, that... I'm sorry, we didn't get twelve. We got eleven, I think. But yeah, the only, the only my only memory of it, if anyone listening knows which Romance of the Kingdoms I'm talking about, is they really fo- uh, emphasized the dual mechanic in it, and it kept getting slaughtered randomly by Lubu in it. So. I think it might have been 10, um, if I remember correctly, just because okay. <laughs> that was rough. Um, I will say that uh, 13 brings a lot of the mechanics from like 10 back, maybe even okay. 11. Um, I really liked it, for sure. It was It's great. Um, I actually have a very big fondness for the series. It's This is my first time actually beating one of those games. I've certainly played them before um, since the, as you mentioned, PlayStation 2. I, I got deep into those games. My brother's a way bigger fan of that than I am, Adam, who also writes for the site. But uh, I wanted to give this one a very 
honest try just because I used to watch him play that quite a bit. Um, and it was very appealing because uh, anyone who's ever played like the Dynasty Warriors series, um, they have a spinoff called Empires. Uh, not like it's a version of the game where you um, basically work through their three kingdoms period, which was like in the late hundreds, like it's like 169 or something like that um, AD to like 280 AD. So that's kind of where the period set. It's based on a set of novels that were released a long time ago. It's kind of uh, dignified as one of the classic pieces of Chinese literature, but it's a very romanticized version of the events that happened. So if you ever really learned about, I mean, Lu Bu was still like kind of a feared person uh, and all these other characters, but they're not over-the-top Hollywood style like they are in the games, as you can imagine. <laughs> Go figure, right? Because um, they need to sell games. But um, the great thing about this game is that it it's it's like Dynasty Warriors Empires without the combat, in the sense that you um, can start off, if you wanted to, as a free officer, uh, or a free rank officer, where you just... Um, you have no ruler. You're basically a mercenary. You can run around to go from any city to the next just finding who you want to hook up with uh the ruler that you want to be a part of who you think that could lead you or you could just start up your own kingdom and your own dynasty and just uh start to take over the entirety of china and unify it under your single banner that you've got and during the whole time you climb the ranks um as you start to do that if you want to be your own ruler you can start at the top of course or uh, you can do what i like to do just because it sounds so appealing, you start from the very bottom. And so I was just like a mercenary. I was hired as soon as I got to talking to uh, one of the characters. In this case, my first one was... Actually, you know that I think about You can't start it. off as a peasant in the game? It's pretty much... I mean, it's a mercenary. You're basically a peasant at that point. It's 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 kind of like that. Start um, prior. Yeah, you start you start from the from the bottom. Um, okay. now, I, might have, I might have missed it if you said this, but like... Uh, I know in your review you said you can basically set your stats however you want. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, in this case, there's different modes in the game. I should probably start uh, ahead of time. Uh, there's like a tutorial mode. There's a um, yeah. There's a main story mode. And then there's just a, uh, actually, I think that's kind of, it's called like a main mode. It's literally called main mode. Um, and in that case, you can edit the officers. And so actually you can do that for the whole game. In fact, you can just decide, um, I'm going to take all the people that are on in my dynasty and just edit their stats. And so they're all cranked up to like 99 points in every category. And then all the abilities, all the skills, everything's unlocked. You can totally do that if you want to completely break the game. And that can be fun on its own. I'm not the kind of person to do that. Um, it's maybe fun for people who have already beaten the game and just want to do that, or people who just want to experience the story. But the appeal of those games isn't necessarily the story, especially if you're like someone like me who's played all the Dynasty Warriors games and knows all the events that happened as they occurred. Uh, like the Yellow Tur- Turban Rebellion, everyone knows like that, uh, who's ever touched those games or heard about them. So... You can totally do that and make a very badass character and make that person the ruler and just take over everything and become emperor uh, by absorbing all of China under one color. But um, that's just something I notice on the side. I like to do it where I've got like the very low stats, like the very default stats. Um, like in my case, like I said, I became a mercenary. I fell under the banner of uh, Don Zhuo, um, 
who is the kind of the guy who got uh, Lubu's adopted father killed, and he take he basically had Lubu join him. That's the story of that character, pretty much. Um, so uh, I joined up with him, and then I basically climbed up from being a mercenary to like. Um, all these different, like, there's all these of the different ranks, like undersecretary, uh, junior, governor, and then, uh, and then you finally become a minister, um, which is like there's a war minister, uh, like a commerce minister, that kind of thing, and then you become governor. Governor allows you to run a city, of course, in this case, and then eventually, as a governor, um, your ruler might continue to give you more cities to control. So. Uh, like it's you might have like a city from here and then all the cities around it you also control and then you could just run from place to place um telling like delegating tasks to all these different people to um run it and then you can appoint uh ministers in those cities because you're above their rank and then also um tell them what you need to be working on like okay you guys you need to be working on training our military so that the more effective out in field you guys need to build up our commerce you guys need to build up like our uh ferality um excuse me um i'm blanking on the term right now but it's there's like all these different things that you can delegate or if you want you can just refuse any sort of rank ups and just remain as a lonely mercenary just going from place to place doing whatever the hell you want to do and there's some appeal in that i like to you know see some progress in my story (laughs) and so that's kind of what i got to do and the whole time you can actually decide whether you want story events to unfold like historical events to unfold or not so like instead like you can witness things as they happen like people coming and going i living and dying um people taking over cities that kind of thing so it's it's got a lot of appeal that way sounds like there's a lot of flexibility in terms of like how you want to play like i don't know anything about these games but it sounds like you can kind of just do whatever yeah it's and and it'll let you do that Exactly. It's it's got a lot of automated processes and so instead of like doing what I just mentioned, it might seem overwhelming to be in charge of a lot of people and delegating that kind of thing. Other than appointing a governor for a city, you can just tell them to do whatever they want to do. Uh, there, there are points when they come to you asking you to perform something like, can you let me work on our military for example like i mentioned before and all you have to do is just say okay go for it or i can tell you instead of working on it for just this bit of time i want you to work on it for a lot longer so that we are are we can see a much bigger improvement on that and every so often uh your ruler or your your master whoever you want to call him um might hold counsel so he's like hey can you come to this city at this time so that we can talk about what you're what you need to be working on or what what our future endeavors are as a kingdom or a dynasty and so you just meet up at that time and then you just all it's it's you and all these other governors meet up and talk to the ruler and say okay i think at this point what we need to do is we need to get rid of this other person uh this other because all they have is just a couple cities we could totally take them over and get rid of them if they wanted to and then someone might counter you know i i think that's great but i think right now we need to be working on building a very strong military a very strong um commerce so that way we can we can make sure that we uh solidify our presence and so there's this point when you can either you know tell them hey i i want to propose that we do this or you can just say, no, I'm going to back off. You guys fight amongst yourselves, and then I'm going to choose what I want. And so you can say, all right, I agree. We should really work on our commerce. And then um, you might be able to build a report with that person too. So like say you agree with this person. He's like, oh, that's great. I appreciate you siding with me on this. 
and there's this whole relationship system that works out where you can like obviously you can make things work in your favor so instead of just a business relationship there's also marriage in this game so like if you um build up your relationship with that person to the point where you're married that can also help you out not only when you're delegating tasks but also in combat uh and, and, and the wars that take place in that game and so having that much control is once again, a very appealing part of this game if you enjoy the strategy aspect of that. Um, you can micromanage or you can macromanage. And so you don't have to be as deep into it as you want to be, just how much you want to put into this game. And that's kind of what I loved about the series so far. It's got this great music too as well that really helps build the tension of any experience. Um, it, the combat's great too. Yeah, so, I was not going to ask like, how combat is presented in this installment. Absolutely. And so um, there's stats play a large part in this. And so like in, in Lubu's case, um, he's got a high war stat, uh, a warrior stat. It's just as basically his, his power and in war, but a very low intelligence stat, as yep. you can imagine. He's not, the, yeah, he's not the kind of guy you want to be uh, running uh, as a minister other than like being the war minister. You want it to be just like, this is your place. You need to stay here. Do not be becoming like the guy who runs our day-to-day activities and like the farms and whatnot it's you need to be working on this so he's like the perfect guy you want to be running your military and uh uh, being an officer in your army and so the way it works is that once again this can all be automated if you want to you just say all right um say for example don joel says hey you need to um send your soldiers to this particular city uh, from the enemy so that we can take it over and run the show. And so all I have to do is just pull up and say, I want to deploy my troops from this one of these cities that I own uh, of the group and go ahead and uh, start making your way over to this other city. Or if you want, you can just say, hey, can you guys like meet up at this one place, one of our places, and then go. So that way you're not running headfirst into battle while everyone else's troops get ca- caught up in um, losing thousands and thousands of people. Uh, just as the dangers of war can be. And so um, as soon as you do that um, and you're all gathered together, you're talking about like up to tens of thousands of troops. And um, once again, because you are climbing the ranks, over time, your ruler will give you more troops at, to use at your disposal uh, for, for reasons of like defense, like defending your, your, your city or going out to fight others. So um, that also helps a lot. So in this case, I've had like, say, I've got like 100,000 troops at my disposal. And so I'm going to use push this here. Then I've got these officers with these soldiers from um, other cities coming to meet me. Now I've got 200,000. And so you got this huge army of people running to fight uh, Sun Se, who's only got like 2,000 people <laughs> trying to protect the city. And so when you get to that point... You can decide, uh, and when you meet up, when you like, when you clash at their fort, uh, at their city, you can decide whether you want to take control and fight in that war, or just be all hands off and say no, just do that whole rock paper scissors thing and just defeat them if you can. Um, I'm sure things will go fine with that many soldiers. Uh, or if the 
uh, number of troops is more evenly matched, you can totally decide to say, I want to take control. And then it takes you into the battle itself. And it's either it's like set in an open field where there's these like outposts scattered about this field, or it's like a big castle that you need to lay siege on. Um, and you need to like tear down the, the either you destroy the uh, gate or put up a ladder or put up some trebuchets or catapults and just take out um, the soldiers that are on the top of the the lanes in the castle who are firing arrows, that kind of thing. And so um, it's all about, in, in those wars themselves, it's about the fight over morale. And so by taking over one of their outposts that are, um, that they're not, you know, protecting, you'll be able to lower their morale, which means they just, they're weaker and you can, you know, kill more of their troops. So I, I don't want to get too deep into that part of that, but that's, that's about as actiony as it gets, uh, as opposed to like a dynasty warriors empires where it's, you know, it's dynasty warriors, but you still have that strategic aspect. I think another great part is just being able to like, you might remember some of those names, um, from the Dynasty Warriors series like Cao Cao and Lu Bei and Guan Yu and, and Zhang Fei. But if you wanted to, there's this huge, uh, there's that relationship chart that I was talking about before. Like at one point, uh, I think I was Xian Ye, um, one of the characters uh, that I just kind of chose, one of the officers from history. But then uh, like suddenly when I was uh, running about in the city, I, I threw a banquet because if you d- decide to throw a banquet, that allows you to meet with a bunch of officers that you wouldn't normally. And that helps you build that rapport. So r- just randomly, I met Sal Sal's wife. <laughs> and so nice. we just hit it off. I was I got to talk to her. I'd give her presents, things like that. And I eventually allowed uh, got to the part when she either you can have her mentor you. So if she's like strong in one aspect, like she's like she's very intelligent or she's very good at being a governor, she, she can train you and raise your stats or she can give you an introductory letter. So allows me to say if I wanted to meet Sal Sal and have him be my ruler, uh, be my master. I just decided to ask for that. And that basically opens the gates for me getting to meet him and build up that relationship as well. Um, there are ways to like kind of game that system and say, um, like Jiao Chan wants to corrupt the mind of Lu Bu and Don Zhou so that they go at each other. That's historically what happens, um, and that led to their downfall. Uh, that's not spoilers; that's history. Um, but they um, actually, I think that, that I mentioned, I think about it. I don't think Diao Chan actually existed. I think that was one of the things no. they mentioned before that her, ca- <laughs> it, it's her character. True. It's true in Romance of the Three Kingdoms novel, but not like actual in history. History. Yeah, there was like there was like a, you can read this up. There was like four beauties of China that I think Diao Chan was like one of those characters that was never named, uh, but they just threw her in there. Uh, like they think that she was the character. They do mention, of course, Lu Bu having like a um, a mistress or a girl that they fought over, and that led to some that those problems that they had in Don Juro got killed as a result of that um but you can actually kind of like um uh cajole them to you can actually use that to your advantage like say get really tight with this one person and cause them to like uh betray um their kingdom to come fight with you uh, to come with you and that's kind of what happened with lubu uh that, that's how he he left and came with you and betrayed uh don Zhuo in that respect so what, uh, what constitutes victory like in, in this scenario like is it just like unifying china 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's like different campaigns you can go through, and there's a beginning and end to that if you want it. But there are definitely ways that you can just totally say, you know what, forget that. I'm going to continue on. Don Jero doesn't die here. He's going to continue to control control the entire kingdom if you wanted to, or it could just like totally you know betray him and kill him and just take over everything if you wanted. But that's that's the whole point. It's it's taking control of all of China. And so okay. it it can last for hours and hours and hours, and there's always things to do. There's a ton of replayability, different modes. Like I said, there's that encyclopedia that I was actually I was I didn't mention, but I was going to mention. You can totally read up on a bunch of different officers and get to know the stories and their relationships. There's a whole relationship chart that you can kind of get to know, like what's their connection to this person. It's all like in this historical context. It's it's just um anyone who's a fan of those Dynasty Warriors games uh, and loves the strategy aspect of the Empire series will find a lot to love about that stuff. And it's just cool for a strategy game on the console as well made as it is. I think it's a very well made strategy game. They were one of the first companies, I believe, to really kind of nail it for a console strategy game as other companies uh, had so much trouble with. Um, it's got a lot of the same features that you'd expect. I mean, it's also available on Steam, though, so if you just want to skip that, it's totally there. And, um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. That's kind of the beginning nice. of it. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, there's some problems with it. It doesn't seem as well-rounded as the earlier entries were. Not as many features. Like, you can't build outposts yourself, which is weird. Oh, and so, and other things, like, you have to return to the city to, like, regain supplies you can't just continue fighting and fighting you have to return back you can't do whatever so it's got those problems but i loved it so cool yeah any last things for anyone else before we move on though uh, i don't think so oh great kyle's been pretty silent for a moment there so sorry there's thunder outside <laughs> <It's like laughs> yeah. no it's it's fine <laughs> i just didn't know if you're interested in that stuff so yeah uh let's move go ahead and move on until news then and so uh yeah me and josh kind of touched upon this um but yeah we spent last weekend at enemy Expo. four days in hell oh i disagree uh my first enemy expo i think the only hellish part was having to do the trek back and forth from the from the convention center <laughs> that was I just, oh my god i still i still can't go over that one uber driver because he ubered all the uh, all four days back and forth there and there's this one Ooh. Uber driver that all the other Uber drivers just took the freeway. There's this one guy, I think it was on Sunday night. Just like we took a really long way back, just went through like the back streets. I was way too freaking tired to like even try to like say, hey, maybe we should go on the freeway because I was looking at my Google Maps on my phone. It's like, well, the freeways look like clear, look clear, but. You should have said something. I mean, I, I was just talking was politics really with the guy. We thought you were asleep. And so I was, I was. barely paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> God. I was like, oh, fuck it. Just fuck it. But yeah, just a lot happened in Anime Expo. Not so much RPG related, but just Oh, I, I disagree, related. but we'll get into that. I, I, did, I just want to, yeah, I just want to mention that I had a, an amazing time with Anime Expo. I think it was a great experience. It was so close to E3 that I was, it, like, but it was so many more people. I think they said they cleared 100,000 people this year. Oh, God, yeah. So, and they want to do five days next year? Oh, fuck Yeah, that. preview day the night before or something like that. That's That seems that, really rough. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to like make expect people who work in press to be there for those days, but 
being pressed I, was amazing too though just because we could yeah. skip all the lines and so that was, was that was a really big help i don't want to sit in a line for two hours how about i just you know do whatever and then the last 15 minutes before the the uh panel begins i'll just show up and then be behind the premiere people and just go right into like the star ocean panel or even the anime studio panels those those were great i think it was an amazing experience being able to see yeah. all those people there like a I, mono. I saw, yeah. Yeah, seeing a mono was fantastic there. I really like the Zero Escape panel with Uchikoshi and that was amazing. That was probably one of the best panels I, I went to there. Yeah, and then uh, well, what was about? your favorite part? Like some highlights for you. For me, um Anison concert was great because <laughs> oh, there yeah. was a lot of nostalgia from playing a bunch of, like see Team Revolution playing Veroni Kenshin music. I was like, This is great. I to put it into perspective, this. it was four hours of that concert and we were pretty much standing almost the entire time after burning ourselves out trying to get in there. Yeah, we were in a super long line because we didn't show up early enough to get the tickets ahead of time, so we had to stand in a different line and we got to miss um Jam Project playing the theme music from from dragon ball which is a big bummer but um after that point we got we got in there i shot some video for our twitter that you guys whoever's listening can check that out on our on our media tab that you can see on twitter but um yeah that was four hours we didn't have glow sticks so we just kind of stand stood there like nodding our heads and clapping our hands uh my hands got really numb that night like i couldn't feel like the, the edges of my hands because I was clapping so much. Uh, Team Revolution kept saying, "Come on, Lily, I love you." He's just shouting and shouting, like constantly saying that, and he got everyone so amped that it was yeah, so Team loud Revolution, in there. He really knows how to like tire out a crowd. Like he knows how to work it and then just leave you tired and drained. And it's just a damn shame because Spear went up, and I fucking love Spear, but that just like, them just being this just them showing up after Team Revolution. A lot of like people sat down for their segment and like it it really bummed me out it was it was crazy i, yeah, I like, love them team revolution yeah he plays like gundam gundam seed music and veroni kenshin he played heart of sword which I, got, I, I, got I, don't, about. I don't like pay attention to japanese music at all and i know who tm revolution is and i recognize his voice <laughs> he's he's been around since like the 90s okay. he's guys yeah. like a really he's a very handsome 45 year old is what i'll say uh still looks uh uh, really good for that for that age um yeah and spear came on who the people that don't know they're made up of a bunch of like voice actresses that are very successful have uh, been around for a long time um i'm blanking on names too but ariori was it was there too who did like the theme for like kill a kill um who's who's there who's been there here before she she did answers uh she's been uh i think this is her is it a third year coming or something? Uh, or yeah, a- yeah. Air Alley did a lot. Her her lineup was pretty pretty good. She did the uh, her the opening themes for Sword Art, like oh, second opening. Yeah, second sense. opening. <laughs> um, Arslan Senki's first ending, Lapis Lazuli. That was really um, good. She did. Did she do Overfly the second? I don't know. No, no. That, that was that was Luna Haruna. Yeah, um, Luna Haruna. Yeah, uh, and then. Um, yeah, like, were, you, were you asking who were the members of Sphere? Uh, no, earlier? but uh, <laughs> it, it was Tomato, yeah. Tomatsu, uh, which is my favorite voice actress yeah. in that group. Uh, out of that, so there's Haruka Tomatsu, uh, Aki Toyosaki, uh, Minako Kotobuki, and my favorite out of them is Ayahi Takagaki. Was that uh, her first? She said that's her first, or am I missing that with a different? She it might be her first time here in the states. That's I'm it, not that's... sure. It, it, it might be that, but. 
Jeez. I think that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, first time being there, and they're like very. It's very J-pop, so it's very like um, funny. Although the first song they played, <laughs> the operatic vocals was oh. killing, <laughs> killing me just because she was she had such a great voice, and then she went back to like the very cutesy voice. It was such yeah, a, she served, oh. that range is fucking insane. It was crazy because everyone else was trying to keep like the rest of Spear was trying to like. Uh, I don't know if they were trying to like do the same voice, but it was like it was so impressive. <laughs> but it's it's their own mu- original music. I mean, they've done themes for anime in the past, of course. Um, I think some of it was their own original music too, though, because I didn't recognize some of that stuff. But a lot of that entire event was me saying, "I'm I, I know I've heard this before. I just can't point the anime." <laughs> That's that was I even mentioned it. It was a lot of that. Like it was torture at times because I was trying to remember it. Like I recognize. Um, team revolution and yeah jam project as soon as they hit the stage everyone was back up on their feet again and that was nuts because you you mentioned before like they started with super robot wars alpha with like gone uh they kicked yeah. it off with that um and then they had um the one punch man opening one of punch course. man as soon as one punch man when they played that it was so loud in there oh yeah it was super loud like super everyone was screaming and the, and the best part was that um you know, that was the kind of thing, like, I saw, like, the um, Hatsune Miku concert, and I, I think, like, when they had that at Anime Expo, like, recently, and I think it's that they had books, like, the front rows for, this like, uh, different companies, and so you had a lot of people, like, sitting down in front, which was the worst thing you could probably do in a concert like that, because uh, yeah. all you can see is the reflection on your screen of people sitting and just staring, not even <laughs> getting into it. I was like, what are you even nice. here for? So, in this case... There's so many people in that audience who knew the lyrics and the Japanese lyrics to these songs, and you can hear them like saying it perfectly. And I was like, "This is amazing!" I didn't. Ex- I was expecting a lot of people just to shout and cheer and cheer and stuff, um, but not really. Like just just do that. Not not, not get into it. But like, there was a DJ who played the theme song of Girl oh, and God, God and Kazu. yeah, yeah. And, point. And, uh, His set list is real, was really good this year. It was really good. Although that was clearly the bathroom break for that. Cause no one, like everyone kind of sat down at that point. Cause it was like, well, yeah, okay. I did. I was like, I need to, he's not, the, he's not a performer. <laughs> he's, he's an entertainer more like, um, yeah. not to, you know, downplay the importance of DJs, but like Gurren Lagan, they played that and everyone's screaming the lyrics out. It was, it was so pretty. Yeah. What else he played there? Everlasting guilty crown which is the second opening to that show. Um, yes. Secret Base was Anohana's ending. Secret Base, as soon as they played that, I got oh, really, man. I was got like, really I was sad. Like, oh, <laughs> like, Why would you play this year? You're going to fucking kill me right now? I don't need this. But, uh, yeah. They, they, had, they were amazing. Like, the, like, the format of the, the concert was really cool, too, because all the solo artists, like, after their segments, uh, they did a duet with uh, the, the the previous artists before that. They played the the opening theme to Full Metal Alchemist, um, and the, the, the ones the, the that Japanese got. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 performed that. Like you have the person who did the theme music from Sailor Moon coming up on stage, and just oh, this is this is so great. And I, I that, that was that was easily the best experience. And we got such great seats for such a cheap price. Oh, yeah. If you think about how many performers were up on there, so. Much. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was really special. Um, and um, Yoko Shida performed "God Knows" from Haruhi, and that was like such a magical yeah, moment. That was, that was that was that was awesome. That was so it, good. it was well, that was one hell of a night for sure. That was that was easily the biggest highlight. I mean, not, let's not downplay the panels. I mean, let's get into oh, some yeah. of the stuff they talked about. I mean, we we did. There were some other panels like Yomorari Not Alone. Got to meet the the creator of that, and she yeah, was very. 
I she's adorable <laughs> talking about like how she got the whole idea because she would have to drive home at night working on disguise five and then be like really dark because she lives way out in the country and so like she was starting to think about like you know these things of the night that i think are there actually came alive and so that's how she came up with the whole idea of night of night alone so that was adorable but let's get to the meat of what we were going to talk about though so one of the biggest panels um you kind of mentioned before but let's talk about what axis games had to bring now we had an idea because i was talking to frank at e3 um who works for them and he was talking about you guys really don't want to miss what we've got because it's going to be a, a big showing for announcements and boy they delivered <laughs> So, Josh, why don't you just run off some of the stuff that they talked about. You got to go to that Uchikoshi panel, and they showed some stuff there. Oh, uh, yeah. The Uchikoshi panel, he was talking about, you know, Zero Escape series and whatnot, especially with Zero Time Dilemma now. Out, it, was, it was a lot about his the inner workings behind uh, how he approaches a Zero Escape game. You know, like how he designed characters and whatnot, uh, going off of several personality types and the process of that. It was all very fascinating stuff that's up on the on the Twitter because I was live tweeting it uh, over there. But the biggest yeah. announcement at that Zero Escape panel was, of course, they announced, uh, well, actually showed off footage of Nine Hours, Nine Persons, and Nine Doors getting an HD uh, remaster. Nine, nine, and nine. it has, mm-hmm. yep, it has all new HD assets and has, Jap- has Japanese voice acting in it. A- at the time, we only knew that 999 was going to get uh, uh, like an HD remaster port. Uh, to other platforms they didn't say what, what platforms no they, but, uh, they let's be clear they never announced that ever so anyone who's yeah. reporting like speculating uh nothing's been announced still. yeah that, yeah nothing's still been announced it's just we, we, we all have a, a like a semi good idea but nothing's been confirmed yeah yet. like we uh, pretty sure it's going to come to steam but that's like the only really solid idea sure we've got fire so yeah, yeah yeah but that, that that was a a lot of lot of excitement over, over that especially because the only way you could actually get like the quote-unquote definitive experience of 999 right now is just through the original DS. Uh, DS because yeah. the iOS version, the smartphone version, it doesn't really... Uh, it, it, it's functional, but it doesn't get the whole point across at times. It literally skips all the puzzle rooms. It's yep. like, after, after thinking really hard, Junpei and his friends clear the room. All right. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's right. I was actually thinking about it. It's like, what was the big problem people had? And I think it was that, yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, over at the access panel, they also uh, showed that you know uh, Virtue's Last Reward is getting a similar, not a similar treatment in terms of like getting a, a new, uh, new brand new assets and everything because I already had you know voice acting and whatnot, and you, that that stuff is scalable to some extent. Um, they but showed it, more footage, I think, because people were seeing like there was stuff there that they didn't see at the. I didn't see the original video, and so I just kind of guessed it was the same. But it seemed like there was way more footage at uh, the access panel for that nine 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 as well. Uh, so the the yeah the way uh, they showed at the zero escape, it sh- started off with Santa uh, monologuing, and then it came, and then like the last parts of it were Ace, Santa, and uh, June. Talking about how they were like an anime expo and whatnot, and we got that uh, for sure. I know that because <laughs> we were all laughing in the audience about that. Yeah, I don't know where it ended off for you, but that's uh the, the start and end points uh, at the Zero Escape camp. Maybe it was the same then. I don't know. I but the, the the yeah the big point across was the Virtuous Less Reward getting that treatment too. Yep, and that's uh, super exciting. I'm uh, I'm glad that there will be uh, like a there will be a platform probably where you can finally just play all three of these zero escape games 
just unified. That's the only re- I I haven't played those games yet because I wanted to like experience it all, and I just you know playing it on different platforms is just not appealing to me. I want to have like yeah. the whole experience. That's why I've stayed Same away from like, some of the things. Yeah, Kyle, you were talking like you were waiting as well before you played. I them. can't. I want to play those so bad just because I know yeah. everyone. Like especially like the Danganronpa fans I know are like this is even better than Danganronpa. That's what I hear all the time, and I I can't wait to actually play them because they they I'm sure they're marvelous. Cause, you know you know what made me want to play them more than anything is when we did that escape room oh, in, yeah, uh, at E3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was so much fun. So uh, yeah, I, I can't wait till they the the at least nine 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 makes it on Steam. I'm assuming Virtue's Last Reward will be there too, but. Um, I, yeah. I I I would find it very strange if they put 999 on Steam and Zero Time Dilemma is there and VLR doesn't make it at some point. Yeah, it's, it's that's, that's not yeah. gonna happen. I think I think the question is is will 999 go to Vita for like the people who want to play all three on Vita? I hope so, will they VL... go on to consoles at all? You know, because none of them are on consoles. So it's kind of like I think the Steam versions are kind of. I mean, they've also been hinted pretty directly. Yeah. Uh, from the it looks Twitter like a steamship. Yeah, it's a steamship for nine nine nine. Ushikashi huh. actually did that. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, the questionable, the questionable things is like, will nine 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 go on Vita? So people who want to can play them all on Vita, or will they go anywhere else, like consoles? I hope uh, so because a while back, Virtuous Last Reward was a free game on PlayStation Plus, so it's been in my library for a long time. But I just can't. Yeah, it's. I made that mistake with Atelier Escalagia of playing the second game in a trilogy and being super lost at times. So I don't want to go into that anymore. Like that's totally, the... to- totally an aside here. I played Xenosaga two before playing Xenosaga one. <laughs> that's, that's about yeah. as direct a sequel as you can get. That's it like literally four hours like... of exposition at the start of it. That's tough. Well, it, but that game literally starts besides like a prologue thing. It starts like five minutes after the end of the first game. So yep. it's like literally as direct as equal as you can get. It's, and I missed the first part. It's anyway. episode two. It's like starting. Yeah. With epi- it's, it's literally episode two. So, um, but yeah, then yeah, going into Axis's panel, they did mention some other stuff there. Um, like Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters Daybreak Special Gigs World Tour, which is a God, super long game. name. Wait, that's all one name. It's what? the name. Um, oh, and <laughs> apparently what it is, it's, it's they um, they have a new character. It's got five new episodes, uh, more CG movies, um, and other things like that. It's it's it, they did all these improvements and changes made to the story itself. So it's like an enhanced uh, port in a sense, or enhanced remake. It's coming to PlayStation Four physically, and then digitally on the PlayStation Three and Vita. Or actually, was it like the? Um, actually, I might be mixing this up a little bit here. I think it's that it was. Um, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm trying to pull this up. I've got. Oh, I'm sorry. It's PlayStation Four, and then it's coming here on Vita and Steam. It's not coming out here on the PlayStation Three. So it's that's the big difference there. Wait, um, Twi- oh wait, I'm trying to remember if Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters came out on Steam. Did it? No, I don't think I don't, so. I don't it think... was PS4, PS. Uh, it's only on PS3, I think, or Vita. Or something. I I don't know. I I didn't play it. So, it, but it did not come on Steam. <laughs> that's all. I okay. But um. Uh, and then they went crazy into Vita. <laughs> Suddenly, I was I was there at the panel, and yeah, they just said, "Okay, guys, um, part two. Now it's time for our big announcements." And it was all about Atomic Games. And one of our friends, uh, Verlish on Twitter, uh, she was there in the crowd. She was screaming after every announcement. It seemed like because I could hear. Her. Uh, <laughs> and Andrea is also big in Atomic Games. Uh, she was going nuts on Twitter every time we would post about it. But yeah, they announced Bad Apple Wars, which is huge. Apparently, um, like uh, 
that she really wanted. It was like Take top your word of, for it. Yeah, uh, code realized. About <laughs> yeah, the, and the code realized fan disc, which apparently has a ton of content itself, that was released. Um, it's coming to V. This is all Vita, by the way. Code realized fan disc. Uh, Color X Malice or Color Cross Malice. I don't know how they would pronounce it. It's Japan. Um, and then period cube, which I heard a big response for uh, when it was in, when that was revealed, uh, all coming to North America on the Vita. Um, and then also, I forgot to mention this as well. Sheeran the the Wanderer limited edition has a Nanui game bracelet. You were telling me, Josh, how significant uh, yeah, this uh, is. Yeah, that's right. Um, the, okay, so for the Sheeran the Wanderer, what what's the subtitle for the Tower of something? Tower of Fortune and the Dice of Fate, or is it the Thank Dice you. of Fortune and the Tower <laughs> of Fate? Probably the Something Tower of like Fate, that yeah. is known as not the Dice of Fate fly is not as, as catchy as Tower yeah. of Fate. But... <laughs> yeah, the limited edition this has like a, I think it's called the Eternal Wanderer edition. Um, has the it mentions in the features like the non-airy game bracelet, and I assume it's gonna be like the, the identically the bracelet that came in the pre-orders of Nine Hours, Nine Persons, and Nine Doors originally on the Nintendo DS, and those have been sought after for like the longest time. There's a big thing in the Zero Escape series where like pre-orders of it would always come with a watch. And of course, the watches are always an integral part of those games. So it's been kind of a, if you're in the Zero Escape series, like hardcore, you're like, you want these watches for, because, be, just because you they like look the cool. <laughs> they look cool. That's all. That yeah, the, the 999 braces is actually really awesome. So for, so here's your next chance. If you missed out on the 999 watch the first time, I guess you can get an identical one, if not the same exact one with the Sheer and the Wanderer limited edition. I thought that was just a really weird thing to add in, so I just put it oh, on. Let's be, let's be clear. You said 999 watch. You meant the bracelet, right? It, it's a watch. Like, like, It's actually a watch. Oh, it, it is? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was like literally a bracelet because the way you talked about it at the, at the show floor. No, it's, it's actually a watch. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, that seems like a great deal. It's exclusive to the Access Game Store, though, so don't expect it to be on Amazon or GameStop. You have to get well, it through them. Yeah, Are that's those... kind of... Sorry, it's, a, it's a pretty niche game, so I guess they're just like you know, just it just makes more sense to keep it for their store only. I mean, not at the same time, Amazon could just ship; they could just ship it through them as like a storefront. But at the same time, it's like they only want to produce as many as uh, people order it, and so that's that makes a lot of sense. It's like Exceed with their store; they didn't want to like stock up on these things and just have to ship them out. They want to make them per order, I'm sure, because they don't want to like lose a ton of money, uh, as you mentioned just now adam of course about it being kind of a niche game so let's get to the biggest thing they announced though Hold on. That... before we do are those atomi games only on vita nothing else uh, i said i said vita yep vita only okay. yeah okay all right so yeah that's huge access doing a big thing for vita owners uh they have always supported us and they continue to do so apparently uh and that also carries over to their biggest announcement of that panel that they like we all it's up to the end like we have got one more thing to announce i think they almost literally said that um and uh it was funny because i was in i was in the group like i said and then all i see is the words uh the word falcom i was like okay 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 what and then uh, i was like i did i was thinking in my head i was like all these different games that they could be bringing over because like they didn't bring that one did they that was the, i was like that's too big a game that's gotta still be with Exceed. and then they showed that key art 
mm-hmm. the, the the sunset, uh, this huge like piece of art. And I was like, I, I shouted, I was like, Tokyo Saturday, and then like, everyone like turned around and looked at me. I was like, I don't care. This is great. And I, was just, like, I was I was too busy kind of tweeting it out at the same time as I as the trailer ran, and so yeah, Access Games announced that they're localizing Tokyo Xanadu for the Vita. NPC, uh, which obviously was not the original release. It wasn't released on there. So, and this is the um, the big point to point out because a lot of people kind of jumped on it as soon as possible. This is not the enhanced version coming to the PS4. I'm sure when it got announced, even Axis was like, "Wait, what? This yeah. news to us? Like, we didn't we didn't expect for this to happen." Um, and this kind of thing, I'm sure, happens all the time. Like enhanced versions of Japanese games coming out. Uh, it's nothing new, but I'm sure having that be announced right when you're about to announce your big get uh, is uh, upsetting. It's kind of like it's kind of like um, Nice America released uh, Stranger of Sword City, and that was in March it's, or April. Uh, and then just in like last month, Japan they got Stranger of Sword City like Redux, which is you know the same game but you know a couple of extra things, and it's just like well, okay. Enhanced, and they <laughs> and the fact that they're releasing on PC is is I'm sure also upsetting at the same time. But uh, I mean, I, I mean the fact that they they're trying to get like the best version of that. Uh, um, people who don't know Tokyo Xenadu uh, EX Plus is the enhanced version come to the PlayStation Four in Japan. It's got like a new playable character and some other uh, new things to it that obviously cannot be done with just mods. <laughs> so it's not like a Steam version is going to change things. It's not just upgraded visuals. It's significant in a sense. Uh, so that's a bummer. But yeah, so it's kind of awkward, you know. Like you have to, you have to. It's kind of like I know, like Fairy Fencer F. Um, that came out from Idea Factory on Steam. And now there's this new version coming out on PS4. Yeah, from, but that's Idea Factory made that game, so it's not really. Yeah, it's, well, it's not. Really I mean, the so same it's, thing. but it's just kind of like you have that PS4 upgraded edition, and then have this older edition on Steam still. And it's yeah, just kind of, it's, but it's, it's hard to say whether Axis will get their hands on you know the dark advent force of Tokyo Xanadu in this case. Uh, so it's uh, it's 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 weird. It's a weird situation to be in. It's not going to preclude them from like getting the rights to localize that version of the game either. It's just the fact that since this one is supposed to be out, hopefully is what they said in the first half of 2017, we might be waiting to maybe 2018 to see the PS4 version if they are able to do deal with that. And we're talking about it running into the like the terms of, you know, upgraded consoles and all this stuff. So it's it's like a really weird time um, if they ever do get that. But for what it's I, worth, yeah, the bigger issue, like it's just like I, I know we're like like talking about, it, but like we're kind of like tiptoeing again, like around the elephant in the room, and that's just like Axis Games is the one localizing this instead of the traditionally like Exceed would be. I uh, think uh, Falcom uh, uh, Games. I think the whole point. Uh, uh, Exceed. Josh, I think yeah. I, I'm pretty sure what the pro- not the problem, but what it is is the Exceed is just basically has their hands full right now. They're I working think so. on a lot I of different the- things. They they announced the basically the precursors and to do next about a year ago now actually a little bit more than a year ago um, I think because they announced it before E three last year and we haven't heard anything since. Um, it's supposed so, to be out this summer. They said they, yeah. we have heard we have heard actually a lot about Xenadu Next. It's coming out this summer. But um, the uh, yeah you mentioned before they've got like the third chapter of Trails in the Sky and they have uh, Trails of Cold Steel two and maybe even Trails of Cold Steel three is their next big get to make up for Tokyo Xanadu but and then they have they have they have a couple of different uh marvelous projects they have Fate Extella 
Um, to, to but, the, yeah. but there, but there's, there's also they also lost another marvelous project, which was Valkyrie Drive Bikuni, which was uh, recently announced to be localized by Q, B, uh, P Cube Games. P-Cube. Also, Exceed has a couple of indie games too. They announced. Yeah, yeah like, I'm, I'm not like saying it's Shantae, a problem. It's just, it's just it's just interesting seeing that like these like uh, intellectual properties being split up. Like it's like kind of like a split strategy to finally get them to the West yeah. in a timely manner. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because Axis seems like it's Exceed's biggest competitor as well because they were releasing games that Exceed would like, like want to localize. Like uh, even Idea Factory. It's weird when I saw like an Ultimate Games being announced by Axis <laughs> Axis Games being localized. You're like, wait. That's an idea factory label. What's that doing on here? So it's it's that kind of feeling. Like I don't know if it's that they're communicating with each other and, and agreeing to like localize it to uh, eat the costs of that type of effort because they want to build the library, or if it's Falcom not happy that Exceed took too long being uh, localizing some of their games like Second Chapter. Um, I don't want to speculate too much just because obviously it's it's very um, it's uh, it's full of conjecture. We don't know what happened. Uh, we don't know anything about that. There's no insider information here. Um, but it's it's kind of a bummer. I I do hope though that th- this is kind of the thing. Like I hope uh, Axis has got a good idea of how they're going to bring it over to Europe because this was all for North America. I'd hate yeah. for people in Europe to be like uh, once again left out on this. I don't know who Axis works with. I Obviously, Axis has got like Nice America, but I don't know who Axis has for a European publisher um, to help them with that. I don't know what their track record is just because we're in America, so I don't know what it's been like. But I saw a lot of people instantly react like... Oh, and I know Axis has had some issues with their European releases, just yeah. getting them out on time. Uh, I know, like Virtue's Last Reward, it it didn't have like the Japanese voice track, which oh really? You know, wow. in Europe, I don't think so. Um, and Europeans are probably the people who appreciate that even more because a lot of them don't speak English either. So um, I think the only good just, thing is, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's just I, I know that Axis has had some issues with getting things out in Europe, and I mean they're just a tiny company, you know, localized and based in you know California. So that's the thing; it's, like all these companies are very small. It's just it's amazing what they can accomplish. So I hope right. that they can pull it off. I mean, um, at least there's the Steam version. You know, uh, Steam is worldwide, so they'll get that version, obviously. Yeah. But the only thing is, like, if people wanted for the Vita or they want a physical version, of course, that can also be a big problem. So. I don't know. I don't know. It's they're both like the Vita version is supposed to be physical and digital release. Uh, you know, obviously PC is going to be digital only, but if they're going to miss out on a on a physical release, they have to either import it. Um, I don't know if it has a part to play about the whole Brexit situation. If that's gonna if that's gonna be a problem as well. I don't know. It's there's a whole a lot of things going on. I hope they get like Japanese voice acting though. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope so too. Like DLC or something like that, because Axis has been pretty decent about like getting dual audio, just like with other companies. I know, but... like Exist Archive has English and Japanese, so yeah, I, I have so... to imagine that this will either have dual audio or Japanese only. Oh yeah, I got to play that a little bit uh, at Anime Expo, like more than an hour of it. Oh, you actually got to play it. Exist I was going to ask. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Exist Archive. Like no one was like at the station at the time, and then. No, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go here until I'm kicked out, and then I actually didn't get kicked out. I forgot I had to go run out oh, to somewhere else. Uh, I, I I made a mistake. For Virtue's Last Reward, in Europe it was actually Japanese only, and in, it didn't have an English. Virtue's Last Reward. Oh, oh. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. I had it backwards. I knew I knew there was one or the other. I got it screwed up. Yeah, yeah. So. And I just just looking at this here, um, the European version of 
Virtue's Last Reward was released by Rising Star Games. And I know they do a couple of those. You know, they're, they they're do. Small... Yeah, they have a connection so, with so that. That might be who you'd be looking for if you're looking for like a physical Vita version of Tokyo Xanadu. Yeah. Isn't so, that what Nice America uses as a European publisher? Uh, or just CBD anyway? Is, is Rising Star? I think they do. Because that's like that's that's like their connection to that. Like that's that's where Nice like Nice America can help with um, over in Europe. Oh, they have like for example, Rising Star Games. They did like Sorcery Saga, which is also an Axis title, I think. Um, yeah. A couple of years ago. Um, yeah, Virgil's Last Reward. A couple of other things. Haku Hakuoki. I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, yeah, Hakuoki. That's Atomic Game. Yeah. So so they they've done a couple of Axis titles over there. So that might be who you'd be thinking about. <laughs> it's such a bizarre thing, but, you know, it still continues our original, uh, you know, connotation that Vita owners have a lot to be excited about. Uh, Tokyo Xanadu uh, was very well received in Japan, um, and it's the most polished game yet, apparently. And so I'm, I'm excited to check that out. Uh, you know, people will want to wait for that. So, yeah. Speaking of European-based operations now. Yes. That's an A-plus segue. Kind of. Uh, yeah, we've got news about a uh, certain publisher taking over for Atlas releases in Europe. What's up with that? So, Adam? yeah. Let's let Adam okay. talk. I want Adam to hear. Because you off right there. You should A month or two on. ago, basically, it was announced that Nisa is no longer, Nisa America is no longer working with Atlas to um, distribute their games, Atlas games, in Europe. And it sounded like it was just, you know, they couldn't come to an agreement on, you know, the the contract or the cost or you know just the monetary yeah. uh, amounts that you know whatever the transaction would be to get that to happen, and so basically they just they just the partnership ended and now Atlas looking for a new partner for their European releases, um, it's not, and also this I should mention this is, seems to be also partially due to the fact that Atlas is now fully acquired by Sega. It's you know that's a done deal, so maybe there's just an extra row of an extra line of tape there that just prevents these things from working well with Nisa. Um, yeah. But it turns out that Deep Silver, which is part of the, the Coke media group um, that has a pretty big presence in Europe, is taking over publishing duties for games like Persona 5 and Shin Megami Tensei uh, for Apocalypse and also um, also Sega of America games like Seventh Dragon, which I talked about last week. Um, they'll be publishing that in Europe, um, physical and digital. They haven't given any sort of idea in terms of um, like time frame. Uh, they did the, the only thing they really said is you know we're, they're not going to let like uh, Shin Megami Tensei four that whole deal, which basically released like a year and a half later, digital only. Yeah, uh, and they they announced yeah, that was a mess. You, you mentioned digital only. Yeah, they're promising both physical version, uh, digital and physical versions of all those games: Seven Dragon Three Code VFD, Shin Megami Tensei Four Apocalypse, and Persona Five. So this is going to be a, an ongoing thing with them. Yeah, so, um, so that's good news because I think up to this point there was really no official announcement of Persona Five in Europe. I mean, nope. there's just you know the, you, you knew it was going to come eventually somehow, but also you can also you know anyone could always import, so it wasn't a huge deal. But just kind of in terms of an official release, this is the first thing about it. You missed out on like DLC. Yeah, and stuff like the, that the, too, the, the so. Shin Megami Tensei and Seventh Dragon, those ones were. Uh, maybe more useful <laughs> for people interested in them because Freaking, region yeah. lock and all that. Yeah. yeah. And also, um, also no, um, uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Okay. Well, 
Speaking of SMT4 Apocalypse. Well, no, I want to was... just mention before we move on to that with your crazy segues, <laughs> you shut your mouth. Uh, I, I did want to mention that it seems like, you know, people get the weird idea. It's like, why can't Sega publish it? Well, like a few years ago, Sega shut down a lot of the European offices. So it's like they don't have that strong presence uh, that, in Europe. That's actually what I was going to get to. And I, you, 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 you. You got me back on track. You caught me for me. Hey, you want to continue your thought then? I don't know. I'll, no, basically like what you were just saying, Sega Europe. I, I, I remember there is, you know, the NeoGAF thread about this happening. People are like, well, Sega Europe is useless. Well, it's like, well, that's one way to put it. But Sega Europe is so much so much more focused on like the PC releases, digital releases. Yeah, they have, they have like creative company assembly, of heroes. Yeah. They have like company of heroes and Company uh, Heroes? That's one of the other thing you think of? They have their strategy series. They have their PC series. It's like Dumb um, War or something. Not like, okay, oh, did they get, 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 get the wrong franchise? No, sorry. No, company, it's, company Heroes is with them as well. It's just that that's like, other than like a free-to-play game, I don't think Company Heroes is really anything anymore. But anyway. Adam's bringing it back, okay? You All right, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Like aliens, yeah, they're just so much more focused on, they're just so much more focused on digital releases and PC releases. And in fact, they actually just recently acquired another PC kind of developer. Um, it was and the I know Endless they... Legend people, actually. Yeah, yeah we, have a, we have a review up on the site. The Endless Legend people that make some great strategy RPG, a strategy game. So that's a great get for them. Yeah. And I know Sega of Europe, I think they technically publish things like Yakuza on PS3, but that's also digital only. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it sounds like for games that they want to have a retail release for and that are like for consoles, um, like, or, or, or handhelds like 3DS games, uh, it sounds like um deep silver can do that they have the infrastructure and the people to do that that's better if, yeah that's they if they up. still do uh, i mean i assume yakuza you know the next yakuza zero is still going to be a digital game but who knows i think they i think they i i, I might be making this up but i think they said that yakuza zero is still going to be sega europe um for europe so oh, and not okay. not i might be wrong but. oh and i'm also sorry actually I just read. I just did a search. It's gonna Yakuza Zero is physical and digital. My bad. Anyway, oh. continuing on. Is uh, is King of Fighters fourteen also falls? Does it also fall under this? Uh, oh yes. Uh, actually, yeah. King of Fighters fourteen, which is being localized by Atlas USA, that was actually already announced to be Deep Silver bringing that to. Okay, Europe. that was so like that a, a pre-release. Like, this yeah. is really just a follow-up on that. Like, okay, Deep Silver is bringing King of Fighters, and now they just they just announced they're bringing over. You know everything else. Everything else Atlas USA is working on. So yeah, so it was. It didn't come out of nowhere. They had um, to finish the contracts, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, cool. I mean, that's yeah, uh, really really great news for Europe. I just hope to get timely releases and not the whole SMT4 situation from way back when. You think the people that go back and release Dragon's Crown because <laughs> Europe never got that game? Oh, so, oh yeah, yeah. I was like the. I think that was like the. Really? That was the first game they couldn't get once uh, the whole Nice America Alice thing. Fell I, out, I thought so. I read that. I thought I read that Dragon's Crown, which was available digitally at least in Europe, thanks to Nisa. I, I thought I saw something like it was taken off the store for a bit, but it, they were gonna like work. Oh it yeah, that, no, it did release. In, it did release in Europe. I'm looking at this. It did release on October. I thought that. I heard something like they got it got it removed or something like that. I, I heard it was removed from the store, but then Nisa said they were going to basically be working to at least have it, it available. 
yeah that's, that's what it was that. it was like because it was, it was like a, a week ago it got removed like yeah, that unfortunately was removed none of us the... live in europe so we don't really sometimes you don't pay attention to these no 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 the, the, shit, the, but... the whole point was that it was removed because the licensing issue fell yeah. through because of east america that was the thing it didn't get really it didn't i'm sorry i i didn't mean to say it didn't get released because yeah i clearly it did it was more that it got removed because of the licensing that was the yeah. first big casualty um that we knew of but yeah it's been put back up because of that or at least it might be i don't know if it's back up yet or they're <laughs> so, working on it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. all right so yeah speaking of shimakami tensei 4 from a long time ago <laughs> about that segue yeah it got i mean that's all we can say is that it got a release date announced for north america september 20th nothing yet for europe so hopefully it's it's very soon like we just talked about Deep Silver's handling that, so hopefully, and, it's there, and, and there's year. a new trailer that goes basically goes through the different companion characters you can have, which is one of the, this is one of the bigger additions to the game, uh, new to the first game is you can that, have that the is first game like the, the first game had companions, but they kind of just joined up at certain parts in the story, where this one kind of has like you pick one out of a group and they actually gain levels and um, it's a little bit it's a little bit more involved into the game. Um, this release date is like is so weird though, because uh, let, let's put it in context. This is four days after Dragon Quest Seven on 3DS and ten days before FF15. Yeah, <laughs> what? so it's it's it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's Isn't there weird. like and, a? I'm sorry. I, I go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off. Oh no, yeah, and and, and, and and that's pretty much it. I mean, there's also the Japanese release date of Persona Five earlier that month too. About then, five, five days and before then it. <laughs> Trails of Cold Steel Two right now has a placeholder date in september we don't know that's not official yet but i need to look this up because i could have sworn that there's like a a weird game coming out like at the same exact time as this one like it's a september i saw a couple people complaining that dragon quest 7 and shimigami tensei for apocalypse are coming out like within a week of each other Um, for those for those 3ds fans it's just like Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. That was that was right. That's actually I think I th- it was the Dragon Quest Six came out like on the 16th. But also, I think like Yo-Kai Seven. Watch Two is out at the same day as um, as Final Fantasy 15. And, and when wow. like Ace Attorney is supposed to be out around that time as well. Oh yeah, that's right. It's earlier that month too. September's gonna be a fucking mess. Yeah, isn't isn't uh, World of Final Fantasy the same day as Last Guardian as well? Yes, October twenty yeah. fifth. Yeah, they yep, announced same that. day as Last Guardian and Yomowari. Oh, so, great! Let me let me think about. Okay, so for September, what they announced, well, they've got XCOM two. Uh, XCOM two is also out. Bioshock the Collection, which they just recently announced, is all three games. The first two being remastered, and the third game, Infinite, uh, just being left alone. Uh, Recore, um, Psychopath, Mandatory Happiness is out that month. Then yeah, Persona five, Dragon Quest seven. Uh, FIFA 17, I guess if you care. Um, Final Fantasy 15, Yokai Watch 2, and Ace Attorney, um, uh, Spirit of Justice, which is out sometime that month. They didn't announce a date yet. It's still just September. So that's insane. (laughs) That's really bad. (laughs) And then it kind of continues on after that point. You got Dragon Quest Builders on the 11th. Paper Mario, which I guess no one really cares about anymore um, because it's not an RPG. And then Xenoverse. It's just nuts. It's just kind of nuts. Uh, but just to move back, though, what kind of came out of nowhere, Adventures of Mana got released um, like randomly. Like the, It came out the day it was announced to be coming out for the Vita in the West. Uh, so it, I think it was supposed to celebrate like the, the uh, what's it, the, was it the 
the 25th anniversary of mana yeah it's got to be yeah the 25th anniversary of the mana series it just like and that's not even america or the west it's for japan's 25th anniversary it got released in the vita in the west so this is supposed to be more like a we have a review up on the site that adam did of the um the uh, the mobile version but this is supposed to be like a more faithful remake of the first mana game versus soda mana which was kind of a mess <laughs> so like if you ever played that game you probably you can really if you have not played that game you can skip soda mana and play adventures of mana instead it's a much better game um supposedly i've not played it myself i don't know if any of you other guys have played it Mm, this is remember. like a yes or no answer you should be able to <laughs> know if you played it i don't think i did <laughs> it only came out like in the past month or two you should remember no no are you, are you th- i thought you were talking about the the really old sort of uh, mana no game. adventures of mana okay no i haven't played it not okay. not that this past remake the really yeah. old one i did uh adam seemed to really enjoy it so that's that's kind of what um my feeling was that it's it's a much better game and on the vita apparently it's even better so um I'm very interested it, in checking that it, out. It I seems like it, that came out of nowhere, though. Like, it, like I, I've heard very little anything about it when it came out on Vita. Yeah, and I think it's also it's not that expensive either. Like, I think it's well, I think it's like it's like fourteen. No, is it fourteen bucks? I think that's what it was. I think that it matches the price of the um, of the mobile version, which actually I think is on sale right now still uh, to celebrate the the anniversary. Maybe it's like seventeen bucks because all those. Square Enix games are oh, like 17 bucks. It's such a weird number, but that's about it for news, though. I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to go over. Mm. Kyle, I know you're muted because of a big thunderstorm going on, but is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, nothing right now. It's really not loud. I don't know why you keep your mic. I think you should give your <laughs> it's microphone it's, it's more not, credit. It's not happening right now, but it was, he was really just being, loud. He was just being silent with all, when you guys were all talking about all the anime and songs in japanese i, I don't stuff. think it gets like a microphone shouldn't be able to pick up that much it's probably like some rumbling but we can we can manage it we can do this my, my, house, my house was actually shaking not too long ago it was bad see you're podcasting on like the, the dangerous side it should really like heighten the tension here yeah it's like he's really so i get like superpowers or something all of a sudden you hear something slam the ground it's like oh a part of the roof just fell it's like ah, just stay here it's fine well, I, no actually he doesn't have a roof anymore and that's the problem Oh. Exactly. That, that that's all that wind you're hearing. That's definitely like that. My roof just blew off. Like, oh, good. Completely drenched. Just like, all right, guys, being serious. I don't care about the like like the electric shock of having like these exposed wires all over the place during a thunderstorm. Okay. we'll be fine. As long as I can play Star Ocean, that's all right. Yeah, you just be thinking that without a roof over your head, you just see like birds <laughs> flying on your shoulder. Just I'm just hey, leave me alone. <laughs> know what it feels like uh... to live like hundreds of years ago. Other than that, um, is there anything else you wanted to say about AX? I mean, uh, I mean, I as far attend, as I, I couldn't attend the Access panel video because I was off at the. I just like I uh, I got out of the Love Live Sunshine thing. Oh shit! Uh, that's right, we didn't go. Let's not talk. You don't need to go into uh, that stuff. You apparently yeah, are off do... of Idol, so. What? You apparently don't care about idols, so it's... I, yeah, it's, I don't. don't. <laughs> let's not go into that. I think that... The, uh, other than that, I mean, we ha- we use the um, AX2016 hashtag, so if you want to go over all of our coverage on that, definitely check that out. I mean, last year I did a Storify page on our website, but I don't think I'm going to do that just because I did so much this year because I was actually there. Um, I love the Trigger panel. That was great because I'm a huge fan of Trigger. They did the... 
uh, Kill a Kill and Little Witch Academia, which they announced an anime for for next year. I mean, they announced it before, but they gave us more details about it being on Netflix. Um, and Space Patrol Luluco, which was great seeing like their early concepts of that, and because Naiver was great as well. Um, which I need to watch the rest of that show. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as highlights, it was Ben and Emco was great. Sakai Project threw on a great show. They had a lot of announcements of the projects and the physical releases of like um, World and Economica, um, which I'm also very in- interested in because I I, I want to check that out. And having it's visual a, novels it's on, good. yeah. I, I, I read the first chapter of that, and because the the main allure of that was it's from the author of Spice and Wolf. Uh, Hasakura, and it's uh, it's yeah. it's crazy. It's uh, here's the premise: it's stock markets on the moon. Oh my god, that actually Let's sounds great. I'm a huge it's fan of like those period pieces and Spice and Wolf, one of my favorite anime. So I really need to really need to play that. Uh, so, but yeah, like I said, you guys can check up all of our coverage on that if you want to go through my hundreds of tweets that I made because I'm yeah. a huge obsessed with Twitter. So that's kind of my fault being so <laughs> big into it. Um, but yeah, just check up on our coverage for that. Is there I wasn't going to love. Yeah, I wasn't going to do going to the Love Life Sunshine thing. I, I I was trying to remember after the Love Life Sunshine thing, I was thinking about going to the Axis thing, but I told you I couldn't because I had to go line up for the other concert the following day for oh, Old Japan. Codex and Flow. Yeah, like the the fucking line got really crazy. So it's a good thing I kind of lined up super early, like a little bit over hour hour and a half early. Wow. And yeah, it was. I, I got a great freaking seat to that. It's just. Uh, after, there was a uh, like an afternoon showing and an evening showing of it, like around. Uh, so I just, I didn't know the scope of the line until like I got out of there. I had uh, dinner with some friends and then we went back and it was all like how huge the line got. It was basically the the like the entrance was like at the third floor of um, what was it called the Novo, and it I I almost missed it. Like when I was uh, trying yeah. to find it, because it was, it was up two rows of escalators, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if it's gonna be here. Luckily, I was. I have a terrible sense of direction, so um, when I finally uh, got back from dinner, I was uh, walking back to the uh, convention center, and that line went all the way downstairs, like literally went all like three fourths of the Staples Center. Jeez. Oh my Jeez. God. It was. That's it impressive. was insane. Yeah. No kidding. Other than that, AX was a uh, was a blast. I don't know if I'm gonna go all five days next year, but I hopefully we get a press badge again next year. I would totally go if we get a press badge. I'd be honored to go there. I mean, the only thing I can see from that preview night, a preview day, is what they're saying is gonna happen is that it's gonna open the exhibit hall early, which is like at the same time, I kind of got my fill of the exhibit hall when I went there this year. So like. A lot of it was just waiting to the last day to decide what to buy anything. And I bought a bunch of stuff, so I don't think I need that in my life. But if that's all it is, we might skip it. Because that's like on a Thursday, which is weird enough. So I I'm, usually done, yeah, I'm usually done with the exhibit hall for like, like if I get a good half an hour with it, just looking at like all, all the boots that I want to hit up, I'm usually fine with it. Because after the first day of getting all the shit that I wanted, I never bought anything again. I got the those two shirts, one from Sekai Project. And one from the Idea Factory, the Do It for Last Station shirt. They fucking sold out of the top nep sh- uh, hats. Like I got one. Out. I got a top. I'm wearing <laughs> it right now, actually. 
on the top map. But they're gonna. <laughs> they're, so it's gonna be on the store. They said recently yeah, it's gonna they, be on they, the store again. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm willing to pay thirty bucks for like something you can probably make them less you, than but ten bucks. You get to become the top nip. What's I was. Glad <laughs> you're to paying pay thirty bucks for a fucking walking meme. God. <laughs> that's fine by me. It's not a nip. That's gonna really. I don't think it's a really much of a meme yet. It's not other know. than like a joke. So um, I'm just it's uh, I gotta walk around and have to explain that to everybody who ever asks. It's like what's a top nap? I actually did like a dictionary search. Know. What can I say as a nap? So I don't always have to explain Neptunia to people because that's like a don't long say, conversation. Yeah, don't do that. Just say like an urban dictionary search for nap. That's probably you a don't terrible more mistake. People getting to Neptunia. That's some dark. Path. I disagree, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think uh, all I got was like front wing stuff. That was like my big buy, and then a bunch of free posters. So I've got like the Star Ocean poster, a God Eater poster because they had a God Eater panel. That was that was that was cool. funny. They showed like the final episode of the anime of the God Eater. That panel. sucked because I was like I was like okay, um, I really want to watch this before I play the game, and then they just go ahead and show the last episode. I'm like, oh, fuck, because <laughs> I was like, wait, he like this person? Oh, that's what happens, and this all like this that's what happened to this group. This is. It was really bad. I was just sitting there like this deep, like, I guess they were just trying to show it off. Like, you guys could have shown like the first episode. Why the last episode? Because you got to see all these cool fight scenes. You already know it. I was your God Eater fans, right? Yeah, you're here. (laughs) To be fair, someone responded and said that was like the best part of that entire anime anyway. Like the rest of it was kind of meddling anyway. I was like, oh, well, that still doesn't make it great. But I guess I don't have to watch the show anymore because I was up on episode seven and they started to show episode 13. I'm like, fuck. But that yeah, was it. I mean, then, uh, other than that, love, love art book. Um, and what do we have in the next few weeks? I think Gamescom is is in a is in a month. Um, uh, they got like, then you got Paris Games Week, Tokyo Game Show. It's we still got events to look forward to, and obviously the people showing their own independent events. Um, I hope Nintendo has something going on. Uh, to do a proper reveal of the NX, but that's all a bunch of stuff for another day. So for now, because we're going to do a podcast in a couple of weeks, so we'll yep. talk about more whatever happens by then. By, by the next podcast, we should have uh, I Am Setsuno, I think. I'm, yep, I Am Setsuno, a God Eater I'm working on, um, Fairy Grand Fencer Kingdom F Dark, Dark Inve- yeah, Grand Kingdom will have it, Fairy Fencer F Dark Advent Force will have something up on the site. There's no embargo for Fairy Fencer F, so I should have something pretty quick for that because um, I'll be focusing on that pretty soon. Um, yeah, just a lot of reviews to get to. A lot of stuff on the site now. We've got a review for Romance of the Three Kingdoms 13 up on the site. Adam's got his review for Seventh Dragon on the site. Didn't talk about it today, but that's because we talked about it last time, so uh, not much more to do that, but you can see his thoughts on that. Uh, yeah. Anything then, else, Kyle, Adam, for, for no. games on your guys' upcoming things? Um, Anything you're working on? I don't have any reviews. I have a couple. Uh, I have a couple opinion pieces I'm I'm working on right now, and I look to put up in the next little bit. And I, I might do. It's not a certainty, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to do uh, a hands-on with Bloodstained. I'm That's catching great. up on Symphony of the Night, so I can give a very well-informed opinion on. Are you uh, playing it Bloodstained. blindfolded? No, I'm not Rom Scout. Uh, that's that's actually what I was going to mention is that I've spent this. Uh, ever since I got back, because I got to miss the beginning of it, just a lot of summer games done quick. Some SGDQ uh, nonstop, especially because it's about to Same end here. and they're playing Final Fantasy VI right now. And I'll be lying if I didn't have it like in the corner of my screen, just kind of watching footage of it. Because <laughs> they got like Super Metroid next, and then Super Mario RPG to cap it off, and then I have a ton of VODs to look forward to uh, after that. But that's 
Yeah, you you and me, Kyle. I think we've been watching a ton of that. It seems. Yeah, yeah. my fa- uh, my favorite runs have been my favorite runs have been the Blinded Folded Symph- Symphony of the Night and the uh, Momodora run was really really good. That's that was if you want to see like a very heartfelt like that was insane. And I actually got I actually went out and bought that game as soon as I as I, I was like this game looks great and the guy playing it was very inspirational. So. Yeah. yeah, actually, a personal friend of mine uh, got to go to HGDQ for the first time this year. He was the runner for uh, Pause Ahead, and uh, his, uh, his his name's Double Taco. And uh, I oh, his... that's okay. I know you talk. Okay, I saw that run. Yeah, that's it was good. Yeah, I, I think I'm very yeah. proud of him. Yeah, that's it's cool. awesome. It's I would yeah. love to go there, but it's in Minnesota, so it's not it's not as easy as it yeah. once was to go yep. up there. Um, because I was in Iowa before I moved to California. So, sorry, Kyle. Yeah. No, and that's not it. It's a really, really amazing event. I I watched the Diablo two run this morning, which yeah. was a lot of fun. Because uh, Diablo is funny because um, I, I decided to donate during that block, and I said I became so addicted to that game when I was a kid. Like I I almost failed like the ninth grade, honestly, because I was so addicted <laughs> to Diablo two. I think and, I did really poor too, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I put that in my donation message in the entire chat was just like, you almost failed grade school or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that, that was kind of the idea. Oh, uh, the chat, wh- the wait, chat is atrocious. They announced that, right? Cause I think I heard it. Yeah. yeah no, it was in a donation message. I, I totally remember like, months. I was like, that sounds very familiar. I was like, Oh, you're the guy. <laughs> yeah. That was failing I, grades. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. It was, it was like, you know, in like middle school when you're like have the, your report cards, like half, I don't know if you do that in America, but we have like report cards. Like this yeah, is how your, cool. your kid is doing. And then like, <laughs> and like, my parents were so pissed because like every day I would be like, yeah, I can do this homework. It's easy. And then like, I'm like, well, I'm just going to go do like 50 bail runs before I do this homework. <laughs> and then 50 turned into a hundred and then a hundred. Yep. Yeah. It was like, I, I just yeah. couldn't, exactly. I couldn't stop playing that game. Uh, and, and that, although after that report card, uh, I got to work and I did really well. <laughs> but that game, I couldn't stop because it was always, if you ever played Diablo 2, the pinnacle ARPG, it was like, uh, I'll just do one more health Mephisto run. Oh, just one more. And it, was, it only takes like five minutes. I'll do one more. It was like that in Age of Empires 2. I think we spent like hunt, like dozens and dozens of hours just doing like a local multiplayer with my with my brothers. We would just play a ton of those games and just building up our characters. And in Age of Empires, of course, building up towns. But yeah, super addictive. It's kind of hard to see people get into it now just because it was kind of a product of its time. But th- that game was so well made. So well made. So detailed. Mm-hmm so impressive yeah um but yeah and the great thing about this year is that for people who are interested um games done quick on their youtube they actually have been doing the good thing about turning on like like posting the vods for that almost like like hours after it came up on the on the stream and so they're you don't have to wait like weeks for a torrent to come out and just download it then you can just go up on the youtube and get it immediately so uh if you want to check all that out illusion of gaia was great jack and Dexter was freaking hilarious um so a lot of great runs out there a lot of stuff i missed that i can't wait to go back on and just have it playing in the background while i'm playing a game or something it's it's perfect for that so and uh, from months ago, RPG Limit Break is also great for that stuff too. So, 
It was perfect for us when all they did was play nonstop RPGs. And the SNES Orama, which is just a bunch of Super Nintendo games, just these events that you can really enjoy watching. And we like to tweet about that on our account. I hope you guys who are listening appreciate that because we love watching them as much as we do like um, promoting that uh, type of activity, especially because it's for charity. So um, always a good thing to promote that. Um, so let's just go and wrap things up then. Um, once again, we are rpgsite.net. Catch us online. You can also find us on U- on Twitter, excuse me, at rpgsite, on youtube.com slash rpgsite.net. You can check out all the E3 videos that we posted. Um, I like to promote that even from last time because there's still a lot of stuff that maybe a lot of people didn't check out. We've also got some new gameplay videos up. Um, also on facebook.com slash rpgsite.net. That and our Tumblr page, we've been kind of posting pretty regularly on there. You can su- subscribe to us on iTunes at TetraCast. And then finally, as always, our Discord channel, uh, the short uh, version to get to it is tinyurl.com slash rpg site discord um always a bastion of activity uh, especially during anime expo we got a lot of stuff and because of the new anime season a lot of people going nuts about that and a lot of people just calling out other sites it's always a good time <laughs> for a scene i'm reading <laughs> up on this stuff right now actually uh, a lot of like crazy things happening a lot of drama and that's kind of the Best part uh, about being in yes. a chat room. As you know, <laughs> drama, as it always is. Uh, once I'd like to thank our guests. Uh, thank you very much, Adam, Josh, and Kyle, for being a part of this edition. It's always good to have you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Stay cool. Don't get melted by the sun out there. Oh, my gosh. It's it's it's. <laughs> luckily, we don't have the humidity, but apparently it's kind of, kind of bad everywhere else. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot for listening to this edition of the TetraCast. Catch you later, everybody. Take care. Anime sucks. I'm going to end it right there for you, just so everyone gets to hear that. And your <laughs> lies. Spend of lies. <laughs> Disbelief on my face. <laughs>